Hello, hello. Hey. I'm Latara. I'm Laura. And this is Passions Podcast. One take. We did that in one take. Well, don't. Uh, it was good. Don't jinx it. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to our show about a show. <laughs> yeah. Our show is about passions, if you hadn't surmised by the title. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about the best soap opera of all time. Yes. And it is Christmas time in harmony. It's Christmas time in harmony, as it is here in the real world. Somehow we timed this out properly, even taking like weird random breaks and all this other stuff. It worked out. It's fate, as Teresa would say. Destiny is on our side. (laughs) So (laughs) since it is Christmas time, we do want to make a quick announcement that we are going to be taking a little break for the holidays. Uh, so Our we'll Christmas be- present to you is to not release the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, it, our Christmas present to you is that you have time to like catch up on the show if you haven't already, or in which you wouldn't have heard this yet. But, <laughs> but, but, or go back and listen to old episodes. Just I don't know, or take a break, or take a break. Yeah, or relax. Don't. Do some knitting. It's up to you, but we will be back with brand new episodes on December 18th. Nope, January. Fuck. (laughs) We We will be going back in time to release brand new episodes. (laughs) We will be back with brand new episodes on January 18th. Correct. I can't believe it's going to be the new year. This 2021. Yeah, this year, it, it like crawled by and then also went really quickly at the same time. Yeah, it was like there was moments where it was like, this is never ending. And then there were, now it's the end of the year. And I keep thinking, I cannot believe that it's the end of the year because, you know, I didn't do anything. It's kind of like the time warp that occurs in Passions. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it's I like, feel like I'm how, living in that. How did this day last for 21 weeks? You know, and yet, and yet we're seven months past. Right. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Um, I remember the other day I was thinking, remember we watched on my block Mm. and I was like, Laura, we watched that this year and it feels like an eternity ago, ago. but that was like March. That was like our March viewing. Oh my God. It feels like we watched that when we were teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've aged a lot this year. Yeah. Unfortunately. We all have. So. We're going to talk about passions now. You ready? Yeah. What episodes are we covering this week? 121 through 125? Yeah. Yay! You passed the quiz. I did it. The Christmas quiz. I did it. So since it is Christmas in Harmony, we have to start at the tree lighting. We must. And I think we should start off with Julian and Ivy. Julian is having a horrible time. He hates the tree lighting ceremony. He hates anything where he has to go mix with the uh, the plebes. Yeah. And he says to Ivy, why does anyone do this? Ivy says, they do it because they like it, Julian. And his response is, then God help them. Everyone. <laughs> he has so many great lines. He really does. I love it. And Ivy responds by reminding him that they have to sponsor events like this to keep people happy and keep them forgetting about how awful the cranes have made their lives. Yeah. Like she acknowledges we're ruining people's lives and it's with this kind of carrot dangling that we make them like us. Yeah. It keeps them from like bringing out the guillotine basically. Yes. Yeah. So Julian Ivy just like recaps some stuff. Julian knows that Ivy has a secret, but he doesn't know what it is. And then 
Ivy teases him about botching the entire Martin affair, which we will get more into. And it's so funny to me. Yeah, Julian really goes off the deep end. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. So let's now talk about... Let's talk about Martin a little bit. Because he's, yeah, he's in Martin. harmony. And he's found his way to the tree lighting ceremony. And he has spotted Luis and Sheridan, who are having a conversation about the compact that yeah. Luis thought Sheridan threw away. Yeah, she brings out the compact and he's all excited. He's like, oh my gosh, you still have it. And he is clearly happy to see that she still has it, but is confused, you know. And she just starts to explain everything, but then Martin, across the way, falls flat on his fucking face, but they don't see his face. <laughs> right, well, because he's fallen on it. So I guess his foot has gotten... I was so confused. ...caught on, like, the iron casing that goes around a tree, and so he can't free himself. Idiot. He was stuck. <laughs> he was stuck. He was stuck. Stuck like a turtle on his back, except he was <laughs> face down. <laughs> What an idiot. You have opposable thumbs. <laughs> oh, he couldn't do anything with those thumbs, though. He he relied on Luis and Sheridan, who heard this smash as he hit the ground and went over to help him. And they release him. And afterwards, Martin basically gets up and leaves and tries to hide his face. Yeah, they don't see him again. And uh, Luis is like, hey, you're not going to say say thank you, turn around and say thank you. But Martin, nope, goes on about his business. Nope. And so at this point, Luis apolo finally apologizes to Sheridan about making her upset about the compact. And she's like, well, I, I was just really hurt that you thought I was so ill-mannered that I would receive your gift and then toss it in the trash. And so they, they make up and save Martin without knowing it. Yeah, so that's what's going on with Sheridan and Luis. What about, let's see what's going on with Teresa, Ethan, and Gwen at this tree lighting. Teresa, the head of the tree lighting committee or whatever? I yeah. didn't realize that. Yeah, why is this whole event being run by a 16-year-old girl? <laughs> Maybe she's like on student council and the school sponsors it or something? I don't know. Well, the Cranes sponsor it. Oh, Maybe right. that's got something to do with it because she works for them. Ah, Maybe Ivy passed the buck as she often does. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, so um, at this point, Gwen is very pleased because she knows that she's got Teresa in a bind and she is insisting she and Ethan both are insisting that Teresa point out her boyfriend. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Cause Ethan's like, how about you go and tap him on the shoulder and just tell him we're here looking for him basically. And Teresa's like, well, I'm afraid that if I single him out that he won't be happy and he'll be angry at me. And Ethan says, well, if you're uncomfortable, you don't have to do it. And Gwen is like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> and Gwen taunts Teresa. Like, yeah. she spends this entire ceremony just bothering Teresa. She taunts her. She's like, oh, is it that the guy that you love isn't here? Or is he here and you just can't tell us? It's like a cat playing with the mouse before it finally eats its dinner you know yeah that's what's going on and then Gwen s suggests that Teresa just points to him which if I was Teresa I'd just point to anybody <laughs> yeah I'd be like oh that okay. guy right over there <laughs> yeah. I would probably point well me now I'd point to Sam and be like that right there is my boyfriend yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I but Teresa point out Reese 
Yeah, point out point Reese. Out I, Reese. I, I actually thought that. I thought about her pointing out Reese because Reese's dad does work at the bank. So it would be it wouldn't be that big of a leap for her to think like maybe one day he'll be rich. Like he's gonna be a banker like his dad. Yeah. 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 Point out Reese. And Reese will play along. Reese won't even need to know what's going on. <laughs> he'll just be like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but she doesn't point anyone out. Uh, but because Teresa is saved when something crazy happens. So let's let's now talk about this tree. <laughs> OK, Santa Claus has chosen Charity to light the Christmas tree. Charity, of course, has chosen Miguel to assist her. But before, well, the crowd is counting down 10, 9, 8. And before they get to one, Charity interrupts them and stops them to give a speech. It was Yeah, it was terrible. She it was. God, I, I hate her. <laughs> she has a way of making everything about her. And like in an innocent doe-faced kind of way. Right. Which it makes it even worse. And then pretending that she doesn't want the attention. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, it's one thing to be, to be in a coma, in a hospital, to have your mother die in a fire, all these things. Like, mm. I'm not saying she is responsible for those things at all. But everything afterwards where she is, like willingly accepting lots of attention and putting herself in the center of, um, of that attention and then pretending she doesn't want it. Like that is very annoying. Like the, like the bullshit at the Thanksgiving pageant with, mm-hmm. with the role. Yep. Like that. And this is another example. If of you it. really didn't want the attention, you just wouldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So she, before they pull the lever, uh, she makes this speech about, how happy she is that she has found a new home in harmony and that she's never felt so loved. And she says this to a town full of people who don't know her and don't care. I wrote, it's annoying and I just want her to be electrocuted already. (laughs) Well, your wish comes true. I wanted her to be electrocuted so bad. Your Christmas wish is about to come true. So Tabitha and Timmy are in the bushes dressed as Santa and an elf, right? Right. Hiding. Because remember, she has roofied the real Santa. (laughs) And has left him alone in her home. And she's worried that he's going to wake up. Right. You know, that the roofie's going to wear off. And uh, he's going to wake up and expose her. So she's like, we're running out of time. So she comes out of her hiding place. Wait, I have to say, before she comes out of her hiding place, she's muttering. And she says, for the love of all that is holy, shut up and flip the switch. I I loved how (laughs) agitated Tabitha had gotten. I loved how agitated she got. So, yeah, she comes out from her hiding place. She's standing behind the crowd, and nobody (laughs) says boo about it. She's standing behind the crowd, and she goes, quote, It's getting late, kids. Santa says it's time to light the tree. Then Reese says, Let's do another countdown. And Tabitha goes, Tabitha goes, No need. Just flip the switch. (laughs) But the town does the countdown anyway. And she is so agitated and irritated. She's ready to burn this place to the ground. She really is. She's like, come on. I just need my master plan to work. No need. No need. (laughs) Let's do another countdown. (laughs) It was so fun. So they do this countdown. Again. And Miguel and Charity finally pull that switch. And Charity and Miguel fall to the ground now before before they flip the switch charity was like oh i'm cold and so so miguel was like oh switch places with me and so they like moved slightly to the left uh, yeah on this platform 
And apparently that saved their lives. Apparently it saved their lives. It's ridiculous. I, I, I don't, Sam kind of explained it. I, I think Charity must've been on like a rubber mat. Yeah. TC says they were standing on a rubber mat. Oh, it was TC. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and that's what ended up kind of shorting the electrical current because that tree explodes. The thing is, I didn't even take notes on that when she they switched places when they moved. I didn't I didn't think anything of it and it turned out to be an important detail. Same. I didn't write anything down. I wrote nothing about it. So they pull the switch, they they do fall to the ground. It the tree explodes. It looks horrific. It looks yeah. like this is a nightmare before Christmas. <laughs> Except for Timmy and Tabitha, who are celebrating and gleefully hurry back to their house. She runs back home. She thinks that Charity and Miguel are dead. She's pretty sure she killed them, but she didn't. I would have thought so, too. I yeah. would have been like, my work here is done. Yeah, I'm so going to go home and have a little Christmas Martimmy. She gets the fuck out of Dodge, but <laughs> everybody else is scrambling. Hank, run, Hank and Sam run and grab Charity and Miguel's bodies, move them away from the tree. Hank goes and gets Luis and Sheridan to come and help. Sam is like trying to figure out what's going on. Eve examines their bodies. And then we come to find out there's nothing wrong with them. They just got a little jolt. Well, the kids wake up yeah. and they're like, we feel fine. And, and Grace has called an ambulance at this point because she should have. Yeah. And the kids are like, we don't want to go to the hospital. We're supposed to go to this concert and I don't want to ruin Christmas Eve and all this other stuff. And all of the adults are like, okay, okay, don't go to the hospital. Don't go to the hospital, even though you were just elect got electrocuted and passed out. You know, I got electrocuted one time. Did you pass out? No, I didn't pass out, but I did get electrocuted. Well, now you have to tell me. My sister was such a bitch. My sister, <laughs> I was little, and my grandma at my grandma's house, there was like this gate that that was an electrified gate it was she lived near a farm so like we would go and play out there and there's like cows or whatever and my sister told me and I was like five my sister told me that if I touch that gate with a stick I won't be electrocuted oh, like nothing no. would happen so I touched it with the stick and it felt like somebody had slapped me so hard on my ass like it I turned around and I thought they had were fucking with me I was like who hit me who hit me I thought somebody had hit me <laughs> yeah it's crazy my sister electrocuted me <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing she's six years older than I am so even oh, if I was like no. she knew better yeah but she knew better anyway oh my god anyway these two people she get electrocuted you. yeah yeah they get electrocuted and uh everyone seems to care until they wake up and they're like oh all right cool you're fine you're fine everything's no need, all right no need to go to the hospital we don't need the bills yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so so in this chaos, Ethan points out that Santa Claus is missing. Mm -hmm. And Sam is like, okay, well, who was the last person to be near the tree? And Teresa's like, well, it was probably Santa Claus. And she's like, did I hire a psycho Santa? Yeah, because TC had checked the switch box and saw that the wires were frayed, but they can't figure out if it was tampered with or if it was just regular wear and tear which good job timmy yeah timmy did it he didn't want to but he did it i thought he was gonna botch it i did too but no that no tree, that tree exploded no i thought he was gonna those botch kids it. flew off that platform yeah <laughs> they, they got big air i was so happy when they got electrocuted <laughs> i was so happy for tabitha the protagonist of the story <laughs> oh god the witch the, i'm rooting for the witch always yeah <laughs> 
So, yeah, they don't go to the hospital. They don't take these electrocuted children to the hospital. No wonder their brains are getting fu- worse and worse. Because they do some stupid shit in these episodes. They do some dumb shit, yeah. So... Sam and Luis basically go off to try and find Santa. And I think TC mm-hmm. is assisting them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kay is very worried about Kay is very worried about Miguel, but not so worried about charity <laughs> and sees a really great way to get in with, with her love. And is like, you know, charity, you have been through some real trauma. Maybe you should go home and rest. And I'll go to the concert with Miguel tonight so that you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. And charity, and Charity was like, oh, no, I, th- I think I'm okay. And then Miguel was like, no, I think Kay maybe has a point. You were really, you really were freaked out by the fire. Because she was like, another fire, another fire. I did kind of feel bad about that. I she, did too, yeah. Because this girl has She's been plagued. through so much fucking fire. She's plagued by literal fire and brimstone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so Miguel kind of agrees with Kay and says maybe she should go lay down. And Kay's like, well, I don't want you to waste those tickets, Miguel. I can go to the concert with you. And Miguel literally goes, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. (laughs) He does not like her. How incredibly noncommittal. I guess. guess. And just then... Grace has other ideas. Because mm -hmm. she's like, I need to help with this disaster. So girls, you need to go to the shop and look after it because there will be last minute Christmas Eve shopping. So I'm sorry. You've got to go do that so that I can deal with this. Yeah. And Kay's like, no, mom, Miguel's going to take me to a concert. Like, can't Jessica and Simone do it? Simone doesn't. It's not your mother, mother's daughter. She doesn't right. work at that store. You can't just use Simone for whenever you need her to work for you. Kay. Kay. But then Miguel says, it's all right, Kay. Like, I didn't want to go to the concert without charity anyway. Yeah. So. So I guess the girls... And well, Simone goes off with Kay and Jessica and I think Reese, they go to Grace's shop and then Charity and Miguel go on a, a separate mission I hate Charity. because Charity picks up a wreath and is like, I have an idea. I want to do something special. Yeah. So I think at this point we should go to Tabitha and Timmy's house. Yeah. So Tabby and Timmy hightail at home. And they have to deal with this drunken Santa in her home. (laughs) Drunken, roofied Santa. Yeah, because he is, uh, he has awoken. He is risen. And (laughs) (laughs) it's Easter. On Easter, Santa rises. (laughs) On Christmas, Santa arises from the dead. (laughs) And places presents under the tree for baby Jesus. So funny. That's how the lore goes, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's exactly right. <laughs> okay, we're gonna we're gonna be serious. All right, the so, drunken Santa. So drunk Santa uh, wakes up, and I don't think he realizes that he has been roofied, but nope. he's angry that this that this woman has impersonated Santa Claus and threatens to call the police. He says it's a crime to impersonate a professional Santa. And Tabitha's like, oh, don't worry. I wasn't going to keep your money. Like, I just, you were, you were knocked out cold. Like, you were so tired. So here, here's the money. Yeah, I she's... never wanted to, you know, take your place. Yeah. I was trying to do you a favor. Yeah, she's like, I was just filling in for you because you just were so knocked out. I couldn't get you up. And, and then, then, go. And then they start to flirt. 
And Santa's like, oh, my money. Cool. Great. You know, uh, I bet you were a great Santa. You look good uh, outside of that costume. Maybe I can come back and visit you in a little while. And they kind of make a date. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tabitha has no intention of actually keeping it. She's trying to get him out of the house and uh, as fast as possible. And uh, my favorite line of all time, Tabitha looks at Santa and like, oh, Tabitha's going to jingle Santa's bells. <laughs> <laughs> Tabby's going to jingle Santa's bell. Okay, girl, okay, you can ring my bell, ring my bell, my bell, my bell, ring a ling a ling. Yes, yeah, you can ring my bell. I mean, not tap tap. can't ring my bell, but neither can Santa. No, not that one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Santa needs to stay away from my bells. I don't know. I, I've seen one or two in my time where I was like, okay. All right, Mr. Kringle. (laughs) (laughs) All right, no. All right. Um, So, yeah, she's getting him out of the house. But then as he's leaving, Timmy reminds Tabitha that the police are going to be looking for Santa. And she decides to cover her tracks by poisoning Santa again. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, I better spike another toddy. That way he forgets everything, and then I'll send him on his merry afterwards. Yeah, she says, with these herbs in his drink, this will be one Christmas old Santa never remembers. (laughs) (laughs) I love when people say herb with a hard H. Herbs. Herbs. I love it. That's how she said it, which is why I said it. No, no, I know. Well, she's got this, this great accent. But anyway, so Santa... Um, doesn't finish the entire drink. He takes a couple big gulps, but he leaves some of it and yeah. and exits into the night. And Tabitha doesn't realize until after he's left that he didn't finish the drink. Yeah. And worries that it won't be strong enough to, to make him forget everything. Yeah. So let's follow Santa. Out into the cold. Out into the night. Into the bleak midwinter. Well, he said that he had another gig to get to, but before he <laughs> before he left... He, like, drank a shit ton of, like, whiskey that Tabitha had sitting there. And then, so he gets outside, and then he's just fucked up. And he sits <laughs> down on a bench. <laughs> Santa has been poisoned twice and is extraordinarily drunk. So yeah. Santa passes out on a bench. Santa's having the time <laughs> of his life this night. Santa, Santa, Santa. Yeah, so he passes out, and this is the... Point, this is the point where Sam and TC catch up with him mm-hmm. and they find this Santa. They said, this must be the Santa we're looking for. And they ask him if he remembers and he seems to remember what happened. Like he's like, everything's a little blurry. I, I remember there was a weird elf. He's like, there was a weird elf and he is super confused, but he does tell them another Santa took his place. Like he he starts to say that and then the toddy seems to take effect and he, the speech and cognition kind of disappear. Yeah. Basically he never flat out says that somebody else did it, but he said enough that we recognize that he was telling them what it was, but to Sam and TC, it just sounded like the ramblings of a drunk man. Right. Yeah. So Sam concludes that this was all a mistake. It's just normal wear and tear. It still, it seems a little weird, but he's like, let's get Santa to the drunk tank and let him sleep it off. Mm-hmm. And the case, the case is solved. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the case is solved. The case is solved. Yep. So during all of this, after they get rid of Santa, TC pulls Sam aside and he's like, uh, 
Now we have to all go to this fucking party that Ivy's invited He's us like, to. He's like, it's too bad you solved this case because we could have had a really good excuse to not have to go to the crane party. Yeah. And TC is like, I, you know, I'm going to level with you. I've never asked you about this, but what the fuck is going on between you and Ivy? And Sam, like, tells him the whole story. Yeah, they had summer love. Summer loving had me a blast. Summer loving happened so fast. Yeah, so we get a little Grease story where Sam met Ivy one summer and shared a summer love. And uh, it was it all happened while TC was gone for a tennis camp. So, like, he didn't know about it. And then when TC did get back, like, Ivy and Sam had agreed to keep everything a secret because she's the governor's daughter and she can't be off gallivanting with a random poor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, t- so TC deduces that Ivy's not over Sam. Mm-hmm. And Sam says, I don't want anything to do with Ivy Crane ever again. Well, too bad, buddy. <laughs> too fucking bad. Yep, too bad, because Ivy has approached their wives. Mm-hmm. Ivy has gone up to Grace and Eve and is very insistent that even though their children nearly died 10 minutes ago, they come to her Christmas Eve party. Ridiculous. So Grace comes um, over and overhears Sam saying that he doesn't want anything to do with Ivy Crane ever again and uh, asks him what he means about that. But TC covers, he says, well, we've been going to all these Crane things and we shouldn't have to spend Christmas Eve with them, which he's right. Yeah. He's absolutely correct. All right. So now let's get back to Tabitha. Yeah. So Tabitha does not know that Charity and Miguel are, are alive, does not know that Santa is has been captured by the police. <laughs> apprehended. <laughs> apprehended and is in the drunk tank. And so she goes down to the basement to announce to, to her friends she successfully got rid of Charity tonight and she wants her powers back post-haste. And Timmy worries that uh, the ghosts of Charity and Miguel are going to come back and haunt them. And Tabitha's like, don't. Don't even go there. Mm-hmm. Stop worrying about it. Like the ghosts, ghosts are going to leave us alone. Everything's fine. And then she hears a knock at the door. Little knock at the door. And Tabitha walks over to the door, turns the knob, opens it up, and it's... The ghosts of Miguel and Charity. (laughs) She passes out. (laughs) It was amazing. It was amazing. Charity and Miguel are standing there, and she just falls out. Her performance is excellent. It was, yes, fantastic yeah. Juliet Mills she is a real pro one for the books yeah. she's fantastic and yeah and she sees their faces and then hits the floor because she's so worried she's being haunted <laughs> and then they get her up and she just keeps mumbling you're dead you're you're dead you were electrocuted at the tree lighting ceremony you're, you're dead and Miguel is obviously not dead and asks for clarification he's like <laughs> He's like, I'm alive and you were not at the tree lighting ceremony. Uh, So what are you talking about? Yeah, he goes, how did you know that that happened? She's like, oh, well, I heard it on the radio. Yeah, she's like, the the announcer made it sound like you had been killed. Also, this is when we find out it's actually Christmas Eve. I didn't know. Who lights a tree on Christmas Eve? Yeah, it should have been done like, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks before. Yeah. You know, Who lights a tree on, on Christmas Eve? On Christmas Eve. Eve. Yeah, that's really weird. Because m- most towns do menorah lightings, tree lightings. Like, mm-hmm. they have holiday celebrations, and they have them in early December. Yeah. 
It's ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> it sure is. And the, the, the whole reason that Charity and Miguel have stopped by Tabitha's house is to give her a wreath that I guess Charity stole from the tree lighting ceremony. Yeah, she just picked it up and took it. <laughs> and walked it over to I guess she did get electrocuted. I guess that's her compensation. <laughs> her worker's comp. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she just like hung it on Tabitha's door. And then they pushed their way in. Well, I guess they didn't push their way in. They came, they helped her back into the house because she passed out <laughs> on the threshold of her own home. Yeah. So they come in this house and, and talk about it. And, um, charity asks why Tabitha doesn't have any Christmas decorations. And Tabitha's like, I forgot. <laughs> and they're like, you forgot Christmas. And then charity and Miguel leave, but charity has hatched some sort of plan to do something nice for Tabitha. And I wrote likely decorate. Yeah, I wrote, this bitch is going to decorate the witch's house. <laughs> <laughs> I just know it. Yep, I just know it. Because she's like, it's so sad in here. There's nothing. Like, why are you making this lady feel bad about her home? She's an old lady. Yeah. And she's had enough Christmases. If she wants to celebrate them, she will. Yeah. You know, so the kids leave. And we'll follow them in a second. But I want to just finish up with Tabitha. Yeah. Because she hears noises coming from the basement. And uh, she goes down to discover that her friends are not amused Mm -mm. that she has failed her mission yet again. Yeah, this was awesome, too. Like, her performance, talking to that little light. Yeah, just a red red blinking light. And she looked so scared. She looked... She did such a good job. Yeah, she... she, Look, she's fucking fantastic. She knows her craft. Yeah. She knows her craft. So, basically, she... She leaves the basement and uh, she's having a bad day. And in order to cheer herself up, she decides to ruin an innocent person's day by stealing the donation stand from a blind woman. Yeah, she like goes out into the night. She's like, I need, I need to cheer myself up. I don't, I, I, this was hilarious and so crazy. She's just like, I need to cheer myself up. Oh, that's per. She sees the person like ringing the bell. It's like the uh, Salvation Army type yeah. thing, and she grabs the entire thing, like the whole setup. Like, so she put her hand in because I think she was just gonna steal some money, but her bracelets got caught in the pot lid thing because <laughs> because they make it that way, so you can't just stick your hand in and take change. Mm-hmm. And so she gets stuck in it, and she and rather than just stay and get caught, she's like, "Fuck it!" Picks up the whole tripod and runs with <laughs> runs off with the whole was- thing it was awful and hilarious oh i love her i love her too i love her so she's out and about meanwhile these children Kay, simone jessica are all working at grace's shop and reese is also there Kay talks about charity mcgill who fucking cares but anyway reese reese at one point like asked Kay asked for Kay's help and like spills glitter all over her and then Miguel and Charity show the fuck up. Yes, they do. Uh, and they've shown up because Charity wants their help in decorating Tabitha's house for Christmas. After the shop closes in the next few minutes. This made me so mad. I know. I'm getting angry thinking like, about it. Like, I watched it. I came out of my room. I came out here to talk to Laura and was like, this is some fucking bullshit my chest was tight and the reason that your chest was tight and the reason that we're getting angry is because charity doesn't have any money to buy christmas decorations she came into the shop and she's like oh i had an idea we should decorate tabitha's house for christmas and i was thinking look at all of these decorations in your mom's shop that are on sale 
Yeah, they're on sale. They're not free, bitch. Yeah. And then she was like, but I don't have any money. Well, first, doesn't she ask to just take them? And then Jessica has to be like, well, they're our mom's shop. Like, we can't just take yeah. them. I mean, they are on sale, but we still have to pay for them. Yeah. And and then Jessica's like, turns to Kay and is like, you have money, don't you, Kay? What the fuck? What the yeah. fuck is this? And then, oh, I was so mad. So then everybody's like chipping in what little bit of money they have. And it's a, it's nothing. And they're like, they're teenagers. They have no money. Yeah. But for some reason, everyone, especially Miguel, expects Kay to foot the bill for Charity's idea. And Charity gives zero. Not, not a nickel, not a dime, nothing. Um, and Charity says to Kay, oh, we'll, we'll understand. Kay. You do it. Do you have the words? Oh, no. I'll say it. We'll understand if you need the money for something else. All right, I'll do it. We'll understand if you need the money for something else. So awful. <laughs> and then and then Miguel butts in and says, are you, mm, this pissed me off. Are you kidding? Kay knows that there's nothing more important than sharing what you've got with someone more needy. I hate it. I hate it. I was so mad at Miguel. I was so mad at Miguel. He's a terrible friend. They bully Kay into giving away all of all her, her money. hard-earned money from working at the store and saving and saving. And she had she had wanted to buy herself a new outfit and all this. And they get all their Christmas decorations. And Kay, understandably angry, turns to Simone and says, Charity scores all the points with Miguel and I paid for it. Yep. Literally paid Literally. for it. Um, yeah, she throws down a wad of cash. Yeah. Well, she'd been saving her money. Yeah. She'd been saving her money because she wanted to do something nice for herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, ugh, she ended up, she was guilted into footing the bill for Charity's mm-hmm. bullshit. So terrible. Oh, I was so mad. And I am like solidly Team K now. <laughs> this, this is what put you over the this edge. This is it. This is it. I'm, well, you know, I am very like, I take money very personally. Mm-hmm. I've always, I used to always ask for money for like birthdays and, well, not Christmas, <laughs> for like birthdays and like anything like that. And uh, I always used to tell my parents because they were like, don't you want something more nicer, more personal? Like, what's more personal than money? <laughs> what is more personal than your hard earned cash? Yeah. I, I don't know. If I give you a card with 50 bucks in it, you better fucking believe I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, if I give you like hard cash. Yeah. Yeah. You know, who's getting cash this year? My niece. What about gift cards? Gift cards. are Okay. Gift card. Like, um, my ex's mom gave me a gift card to Burlington one year and it was, I was over the moon because I That's fucking great. love Burlington. She like, it was thoughtful and it was money. Right. Cause she knows I love Burlington. But if you got a gift card to like, Steinmart factory to Steinmart girl <laughs> I hate Steinmart so much <laughs> I know me too my mom loves Steinmart do those things still exist I don't know they do in Ohio I remember my, oh it's such an old lady store it, my mom loves Steinmart and she's not a, well she's you know she's older now but she's loved it since I was like little my mom used to take us to Steinmart too and I'd be like why are you buying any of this this is for old ladies my mom has loved Steinmart since I since Basically, at what age I am now, <laughs> like in her 30s, she was like, I love Steinmart. Did it used to be more hip? No. <laughs> no, it's never been hip. Like Steinmart, Belk, and Hamrick's. You ever heard of Belk and I know Hamrick's? Belk. I don't know Hamrick's. Hamrick's is 
the oldest of old lady stores. Oh, and Elder Beerman. Elder Be- Oh, that's another one Martha Ann loved. Old lady stores. Yeah. They smell like old ladies. Mothballs and grandma. Yeah, and just like old lady perfume. Mm-hmm. Huh, okay. Anyway. Nothing against old ladies. I mean, I, I love old ladies. I I'm am at an, heart. I am an old lady. I'm so. an old lady at heart. I just don't want to dress like one. No. Ugh, those clothes. Steinmart was probably the worst offender. Yeah. I hate it, Steinmark. Yeah, same. All right, let's go, let's go on. <laughs> Where even were we? I have no idea. Uh, well, let's see. Oh, the, we were bitching about K. Or I mean about charity. That's not specific enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we should follow the kids who go to Tabitha's house to decorate oh, for okay. Christmas. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> I basically just told you everything you needed yeah. to know. So they go, they go. Okay. So these fucking kids go to Tabitha's house while she's out. Oh, cause they see her outside. They see her before she steals oh, that thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they see her standing around outside. And she's, they're like, Oh, she's out. We could go and decorate it, her house and it'll be a surprise. So they go and break and enter this old woman's home. They break in and they enter her home. Like, call the police. What? Sam needs to arrest these kids. <laughs> what a terrible hoodlums idea. Charity. Literally, Tabitha would be in her right to shoot them all dead. Yep. 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 So uh, the kids are breaking into this house and Timmy is terrified. He hides. Charity actually is like, I kind of feel weird about going into her house when she's not here. And Miguel, of all people, says... It's okay to break in because it's for a good cause. Non, not true. Untrue. Completely false. 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 Oh, I hate these Incorrect. kids. I hate all these kids. I can't believe Simone's going along with this bullshit. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? <sighs> and uh, so She's then, hanging out with the wrong crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Her mom's so worried about Chad. Meanwhile, her daughter is a criminal now. Is yeah. Right. Aiding and abetting. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. And so... Um, so whatever. So the kids are decorating and I guess decorating gives uh, Charity a little bit of a flashback and she remembers her mom. So we don't need to get into it other than like she's starting to get memories yeah. back. And that's when Kay notices that there is a red glow emitting from the basement. Mm-hmm. And Miguel wants to go check it out. Miguel just wants to be a fucking hero. Yeah. I'm I think so he just wants him. he just wants to look cool and tough in front of Charity. Yeah. I think I also think he's got just like some of that like hero psyche where he he's saved her like a few times and now he's just like chasing that high of being Mm. the hero Mm. i don't know but he insists on like going to this basement um and he tries to open the door but can't open it not for lack of trying because they he just is pushing this door turning the knob it's like it's locked dude and it's locked for a fucking reason you you already broke into her house yeah. I, you know, now you're going to go go around knocking down doors. They start doing like running leaps at this door to to literally bust it off its hinges. Yeah. They're trying to break down the door in her house. Yeah. They're vandalizing her fucking house. Yeah, yes, they, they literally are. When they're yeah. just bringing stuff in and putting things up is vandalism, yeah. honestly. Even yeah. if you can call it decorating, but you can call graffiti decoration too. Right. 
Oh, I hate these children. <laughs> I, I, yeah, this whole thing was very annoying. And then, uh, thank goodness, Tabitha gets home. This was great. I so, should actually say, thank evil, Tabitha gets yeah, home. This is amazing. She walks it. She's happy. She's in a good mood. She walks into her home, and it's decorated for Christmas, and she sincerely thinks she has walked into the wrong house. She <laughs> walks, and she says, oops, wrong house. And she starts to walk out, <laughs> and Timmy stops her. He's like, Tabitha, something horrible has happened. <laughs> I love that, though. I love that she was like, nope wrong house <laughs> it's like i don't live here this is far too much christmas shit yeah oh i love tabitha so so finally tabitha is there and uh can put an end to this and she's flipping out because if the ba- if the powers in the basement see charity in tabitha's home they are gonna think that some shady shit is going on and they're gonna unleash a hellacious fury. Literal hell. She's Literal like, hell. all hell is going to break loose. Literally. So she interrupts them and tries to feed them milk and cookies, but they just won't have it. They're so insistent on getting into this fucking basement. It was this part really pissed me off. Mm-hmm. This woman's trying to get you out of her house and you are insisting on... in. On investigating things that she doesn't want you to investigate. And you are not a police officer. It's not like you're here to check out some kind of suspicious something. You are here to decorate her house for Christmas, which you did, and which no one asked you to fucking do. And you did that, so please leave. But anyway, Tabitha comes, tries to get them to leave. They don't fucking leave. Charity is so proud of all of this nonsense that she's done in this house. And uh, Miguel asks Tabitha for the key to the basement door. And Tabitha's like, I don't know where the, I, they, I, I don't have the key. Don't worry about it. There's, don't worry about the light. And Jessica finds the key. <laughs> yeah. Jessica, and Jessica's like, this looks like it'll, this looks like it'll fit the basement door. And then Tabitha makes up the best line is like, look, I have some exotic plants that need a specific kind of light. Like leave it alone. I don't want to open the door and have a draft or anything like that. And the idea to me is that, and, and it's not true, but I love the idea that Tabitha is just, growing weed in the basement just yes. marijuana plants she's just got like a hydro station yeah. down there just growing weed <laughs> i could see that i could see I too. Could totally see that especially this time period when everyone's like oh marijuana is the devil yeah. and you're gonna die if you smoke a pot and it's like <sighs> calm down like that's untrue i love weed <laughs> all right so yeah so tabitha tells them about the plants and she also says that that key is not for the basement it's for the for the shed in the backyard but miguel grabs the key from her Mm. and says, well, it looks like it'll fit the basement and goes to try to unlock the door. They are so out of line. Uh, That's an understatement. Yeah. It's an understatement. This is an invasion. Yeah. They have invaded her fucking home. These kids. She's got an invasive species in her home. And so, yeah, these pushy fucking kids. So Tabitha Fon is like, you know what? Let me deal with it. You wait here. So she goes down to the basement and Simone turns to her friends and goes, I think Tabitha is weird. Yeah. Leave. 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 She <laughs> Let her be weird in her own. This is her house. She's she allowed be, to be weird. She can be as weird as she wants in her own home. Trust me. Yeah. I'm pretty weird in this house. Always. My, I'm talking about myself, not you. <laughs> talking about myself. But yeah, uh, leave her house. Yeah. So Tabitha goes into the basement and what? She makes an excuse with her friends in the basement about a planetary alignment and how it didn't work out and she can't do it right this minute, but she is coming up with another plan to get rid of charity (laughs) and she heads back upstairs to deal with these fucking kids who now are insisting that they put the angel on top of the tree. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tabitha comes back. These kids just won't leave. 
they just won't leave. She calmed the light. That's done. Like, there's nothing to worry about, but they just won't leave. Yeah, and so Charity brings out this fucking angel, tree topper, and Miguel puts it on the tree. And then they finally fucking leave. These kids finally leave this old lady's house. Leave her alone. Go away. And when they leave, that angel comes to life. (laughs) (laughs) And it was awesome. It was. It was awesome. (laughs) That angel tree topper comes to life, and it's that little girl angel. Yes, it is. And it turns out, because we've been trying to figure out what the fuck were they trying to do? Like, what is going on? It turns out that the angel just wants to convert tabitha yeah <laughs> that's all this is she's like i want you to be good instead of evil that's it i thought there was gonna be like a battle yeah i thought they like were a fighting. showdown i thought they were fighting over something i wouldn't have minded some like archangel michael like fiery sword shit nope yeah so tabitha chases off that angel she scoffs at the angel because the angel's like you could let me let the goodness fill the darkness in your heart and you it's not too late for you to go from bad to good and Tabitha, like, scoffs at the angel and runs her off. She's like, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> I'm so tired of you goody-goodies in my fucking house. <laughs> and then she turns to Timmy and she says, don't let the powers of goodness get to you, Timmy. Because Timmy's like, it doesn't sound so bad, Tabitha. Yeah, he's like, Timmy's good. <laughs> and Tabitha's like, no, you're not. <laughs> she says, all of their promises of the good life are bunk. It's an illusion. It's an illusion, Dorsey. It's an illusion, Dorsey. <laughs> Again, 90 Day Fiance. Get with it. All right. So T- uh, Timmy then goes outside and he's like listening to the sounds of Christmas. He's like, oh, it sounds so nice out there. And the angel appears to him and tries to get him over to her, her side. And Timmy's kind of going for it, it seems like. Yep. But eventually he says, you know, Tabitha needs Timmy. I'm the brains of the operation. Yeah, it's so cute. <laughs> and the angel responds to him, don't you want to fly? You could fly to heaven with me. Yeah, it sounds like she's trying to kill Timmy. It sounds like when uh, a person in a big white van with no windows <laughs> offers kids some candy. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Do you want to fly? Murder. You could fly to heaven with me. Sounds like murder. Sounds like murder. Yeah. Sounds like the angel's trying to murder Timmy. Um. And Timmy's like, no, nah, I'm good. And she says, well, if you change your mind, kid, I'll always be here for you. <laughs> yeah, you can always come to heaven with me. And my favorite part of the whole scene is Timmy goes back inside and he has a Christmas present for Tabitha. A not Christmas present. A not present. Christmas present for Tabitha. And Tabitha's like, thank you. That's so wonderful. And she gives him a belated Halloween gift. Yeah, they exchange <laughs> not Christmas presents. I loved it. And he gave Tabitha a cookbook. And she was, like, thrilled about it. Yeah. She's like, oh, I guess the food hasn't been so great lately. Because he was like, you know, I didn't want to say anything, Tabitha, but the food's not been the best. <laughs> you know. And Tabitha gives him a little uh, overcoat. Yeah, like jacket. a jacket. And he loves it. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, Timmy wanted this. Yeah. Aww, it, it was, was so, so sweet. sweet. <laughs> I love it. I loved this part. I know. I love them. Yeah. I just love them. Yeah. So let's follow the Bennetts, these kids. Yeah. So they go back over to the Bennett home and these fucking kids exchange gifts. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, Kay is talking to Simone and said they both read this same stupid fucking article in a magazine that says that boys sometimes can't tell you how they feel so they'll show you with a Christmas gift and so Simone's like hoping that Chad got her something nice so she heads off to go give Chad 
uh, the present she got for him. So she goes to the book cafe, but everybody else stays at the bin at home. And so Kay goes into the living room, anticipating a romantic gift from Miguel for some reason. Because he can't tell her with his words, but he can tell her with his present. I mean, he tells Charity all the time. It's not like he can't share his feelings. Yeah. He's constantly talking about how much he likes her. So, <sighs> you know, Kay, again, I am Team K, but this is ridiculous, girl. Yeah. Should we uh, do the little rundown of the gift exchange? Absolutely. All right. So Jessica gives Charity a present. What was it? Did she open it? I have no clue. I don't remember. I didn't write that I down. didn't write it either. I just said she gave it to her. Because the next thing I have is... Kay gives Miguel a video game that he really wanted. Mm -hmm. um, and what does Miguel give Kay? A baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says romance like a baseball. <laughs> Every kiss begins with a ball. <laughs> Every kiss begins with balls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you made it better. Oh my God. That was so, it was so funny. A baseball. A baseball, especially compared to what he got charity because he gave charity a beautiful pearl and gold necklace. He also tells Kay it's signed, but he doesn't say by who? By, by Santa Claus. <laughs> it's signed. I signed it for you. <laughs> Oh, oh my God. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm like crying because I thought that was so funny. No, it's okay. That A baseball. baseball. <laughs> and then Reese, Reese, when he gives her the baseball, Reese like punches Kay in the arm and is like, You're such a jock, Kay. <laughs> <laughs> poor Kay. This I mean I'm laughing at her expense right now. But poor Kay. Can you imagine? Oh, she thought she was about to get something nice. So let's keep going because this going. gets so much worse. All right. So Reese gives Kay a big bottle. Is it perfume? I. What was that? It was huge. I literally have no clue. That's what I wrote. I was like, Reese gives Kay a big bottle of something. And she smells it. And she's like, oh, it, it smells good. Yeah, but she's like, I don't know this brand. Yeah. Uh, Charity, after Miguel gives her her bracelet, says, oh, well... I didn't have, or was it a bracelet or a necklace? I think it was a necklace. Okay, sorry. A necklace. Once he gives her the necklace, she's like, oh, I didn't have any money, but I did have this. This bitch wrote a poem. And I'm just going to say, she's not a gifted writer. Are you ready for the recitation? <laughs> <laughs> yep. The world is so strange to me, so new. The beauty, the kindness of friends like you. You have given my life so much to treasure. I treasure your friendship beyond all measure. <laughs> I treasure your friendship beyond all measure. She's unforgivable. <laughs> I can't. Like, I can't. I can't with her. I literally cannot with her. That's what you are. Unforgivable. <laughs> Please stay really Real far. <laughs> She's so awful. I hate her so much. So yeah, that's her gift to Miguel, I guess. And for, but I didn't think she. I thought she was giving it to all of them. I think she was. I don't know. Uh, whatever. Who I, cares? I don't care. I hate her now. I hate, I hate her. her. <laughs> I dislike charity. So yeah, Reese has given Kay this giant bottle of something, perfume. I don't know. I, then I thought maybe it's like bath oil or something. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. So then Kay kind of starts to panic and she goes over to Jessica and she says, um, I didn't get Reese anything. Like, can you 
help me out? Do you have anything for Reese? And so Jessica's like, oh, actually, sure. I got this just for myself, but you can give it to him. So she tricks Kay. Yeah, she anticipated this yeah. and had hidden a present to offer up to Kay. And Kay gives it to Reese, and he opens it up and is ecstatic to find a book of poems of love for the ages. Love poems. Love poems for the ages. Yep. Ever thine, ever mine, ever ours. What is I that? Know. I have no clue. My immortal beloved. I don't know. Beethoven. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep saying it all you want to. Beloved immortal. What is it? Immor- I don't remember. All right, so shall we go and figure out what's going on with Ethan, Teresa, and Gwen, how their Christmas Eve is going at this point? I suspect it's not going well. Can't be. Can't be. Poor Teresa has planted this beautiful tree lighting. That and then her has, brother almost died. Yeah, been botched completely. So after, let's go back. After the tree explodes, Gwen is still badgering Teresa about this mystery guy, even though her brother just almost died like Gwen get a fucking clue this is not about you this is the thing with Gwen everything is about Gwen she's such a fucking debutante good god girl get a fucking grip Mm. get a grip Mm -hmm. Teresa's brother just almost died her hard work just literally went up in flames Mm -hmm. and smoke so like give her a fucking break go on go somewhere else yeah she's so annoying anyway she's still badgering Teresa about this mystery guy and uh Teresa says, oh, well, he must have left because, you know, Chief Bennett told everybody to leave because this was an active crime scene, (laughs) you know. Uh, Teresa says, oh, I don't see him anymore. He must have left. He's not here anymore. And Gwen's like, oh, of course he's not. Sure, don't worry, Teresa. We'll get to the bottom of it someday, somehow, some way. Don't you worry, Teresa. We'll be here. I'm really looking forward to meeting him. Jesus, I'm sorry. Uh, not Jesus, Gwen. (laughs) One in the same. (laughs) Gwen is completely self-centered, just like you said. She's so self-centered. I fucking hate her. I'm sorry. I just don't like her. Um, so Gwen and Ethan finally leave and go off to like have dinner or whatever. At Harmony's premier seafood restaurant. The the Lobster Lobster Shack. Shack. Yes. And, uh, Teresa turns to Whitney and says, Fate saved me again. (laughs) Also, Teresa, girl, get a grip. Uh, She and Gwen both need to get a grip on reality. Yes. Also, for some reason, the carolers at this event are still singing. (laughs) Look, if I was a caroler at an event like this and the tree exploded and people are leaving, you better believe I'm going to finish my set and collect my $300 check. Thank you very much. Check my $300. (laughs) You you give me, I don't care about those kids that almost got electrocuted. I need my money. I just need my check. I'm trying to make a rent. (laughs) (laughs) They were just singing. We three kings of Orient are. December is a lucrative month. Usually the holiday season and then moving into like late spring are lucrative. And I got to start saving my money. Like, like squirreling away nuts for winter. I got to squirrel away, squirrel away money for the summer summer. when there's no fucking work. Yeah. Christmas can get you through a bunch of months. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you work, if you're working all these gigs. So sorry, kids. (laughs) I I need my money. Yeah. (laughs) It was just, it was just funny to me. They're just still singing, still going like throughout all of the scenes, literally while the tree was like exploding. (laughs) God rest you merry gentlemen. It's hilarious. And of course I noticed it. Yeah. I was like, they're still singing. 
Yeah. There's some odd music choices in this episode. And I, I want to talk about that when we get to the crane. Yeah. When we get to the crane mansion. So Gwen and Ethan finally leave. They go to the lobster shack to have their lobster Newbert. <laughs> to have their lobster, lobster Egbert. <laughs> yeah. Lobster Uber. Uh, so Ethan says that witnessing Miguel and Charity nearly frying to death made him realize that life is too short to continue to fight with Gwen. So he, he wants to move on with everything. And he, he tells Gwen that he does think she's right. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. where's this going? And then he immediately backtracks. Well, he says to her, it was crazy because he just flat out lied to her. Yeah. He just flat out lied to her face. He says, you know, I think you're right. Teresa is in love with me and has been all along. Yeah. And of course, Gwen is over the moon at this. And he's like, so now can we just get on with our lives and start planning our wedding, blah, blah, blah. So Gwen's really excited and she's... Like, oh, so you you realize it now, right? And so she wants to, like, have a conversation about it. But, but the he thing just is, says, he literally says to her, uh, yeah, sure, sure, Gwen, whatever you say is fine with me. The thing is, is that he doesn't want to talk about it anymore. He feels like he's being badgered, and so his way out is to placate his, his girlfriend. And so that's what he's doing. He's just placating her, agreeing with her, saying everything is fine so that he can move on because he's tired of being in the hot seat, even though he deserves it. Yeah, he goes, I don't want our lives to be put on hold because of Teresa, no matter who she wants or doesn't want. He really could have just left all of that out. Like, if you're going to do it, do it full. Yeah. Full out, buddy. So that, you know, if you're going to do the lie, just say the lie. That has been Gwen's problem with Ethan from the beginning because he never does anything full on. Yeah. He's always half-assing everything and letting his letting his wealth and his name come in and save the day and swoop in and save him. So Ethan just said he believed Gwen to appease her and he couldn't even wait 30 seconds. He couldn't even wait 30 seconds to keep, like he couldn't keep it up for 30 seconds. Yeah. Right. He couldn't keep it up for 30 fucking <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Yikes. That was a Minuteman lie. So, so of course Gwen is mad and Ethan says he doesn't want to fight. You know, he's like, it's Christmas. Let's, t- let's not talk about Teresa. And then he gives her a gift and that seems to like make everything okay. Yeah. He bribes her. Let's, let's call it what it is. He bribes her silence uh, and gives her a gift from a man who loves her with all his heart. Yeah. And so they exchange gifts and, uh, Stop talking about Teresa because it's Christmas, I guess. Yeah. Meanwhile, at the book cafe, Teresa and Whitney, who look gorgeous, by the way, they looked so beautiful. My God. Also, did everybody have like four costume changes in this episode? Everybody had so many costume changes. Just one day. I loved it. I did too. Well, you had all these different events. You got, you know, and you need, look, you're going to wear something different to church than you're going to wear to an outdoor tree lighting ceremony. Then you're going to wear to like a crane dinner party. Well, maybe church and dinner party. You can kind of wear the same yeah. thing, but I get it. Yeah. But I they looked, they looked gorgeous. They did. They did. Ugh, they looked so good. But yeah, they're at the book cafe and Teresa is wrapping a gift for Ethan because she's a fucking lunatic. <laughs> she's a fucking crazy person. She's wrapping a gift for Ethan and she says, I'm going to give him this gift tonight. And of course, Whitney's just there trying to talk some reason into this girl, but mm-hmm. she can't. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Can't talk reason into into a, a lunatic, yeah. not even a lovable one. Chad comes over to refill their coffee, and he asks after Simone very innocently, and Whitney bites his fucking head off. And Teresa tells her, she's like, why, why are you being mean? At least be nice on Christmas. Like, you don't have to be that rude. 
Yeah, so then she apologizes and asks him about Orville, which I was I was wanting an update on Orville as well. As was I. Um, and there is no no change. Yeah, upsetting. <laughs> There's been no change. Upsetting. Uh, so, so the, then Teresa and Whitney. Yeah, so then the girls head out to find Ethan and give him his gift, and somehow Teresa knows where his car is. And of so, course she does. She's tracking him. Yeah, she probably does have a tracker under that <laughs> under the, the wheel him. well. Yeah, so she locates his car and it's unlocked. I guess it's Harmony. It's Harmony, small town, I guess. And like, probably everybody knows a car that nice is a crane car and you don't fuck with the cranes. Mm. Well, she fucks with the cranes because she she opens the car door and puts a gift on the passenger side seat. And uh, pretty quickly thereafter, Ethan and Gwen get to the car open the door and discover the present. And Ethan assumes that it's a gift from Gwen. And Gwen's like, it's not from me. I don't know who it's from. Maybe Teresa. She goes, it's probably from Teresa. She is in love with you. And he laughs it off. He's like, oh, this is a great scarf. Thanks for this very nice gift. Teresa and Whitney are hiding in the bushes and like, oh my God, he loves it. Yeah. And, uh, they all head off to the midnight mass. Yeah. Uh, back at the book cafe, I'm just going to say this one thing. Beth gives Hank a tie for absolutely no reason, it seems. I mean, she has, she s- explains it, but it's like, these two people, why are we doing this? Well, Beth, uh, they had her come in and do probably a, a day or something of shooting because she was, and they just needed to give her something to do is my guess. Um, now, actually, now that I say it, because I, there's a later note and you do see a little bit of Beth's jealousy start to creep in Mm -hmm. so part of me thinks she gave hank the tie because she's rooting for him to to work out with sheridan because she knows she already sees the signs with louise and And sheridan and she wants louise she wants to get back together with louise so she gives uh hank this tie and says well if you're going to be spending more time with sheridan you're going to have to be dressed properly and even though you're not really a tie guy you need to become one so here you go so then oh this part so then Simone shows up. Oh, I love Simone. Broke my heart. Mine too. Simone shows up at the book cafe to give Chad um, the gift that she gave, uh, brought, bought for him. And it's a very nice turtleneck sweater. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's very clearly touched that she's bought him a gift and he loves it. He's like, I love this. This is great, but I can't accept it because I didn't get you anything and nobody's ever gotten me anything for Christmas. I just didn't expect anything. And she says, Oh, it's okay. I I didn't expect anything, but she's very clearly hurt and makes an excuse very quickly. And she says, Oh, I, I, I think I need to go to church. I enjoy the sweater and she, and she heads out and it was so sad. Yeah. It was sad for multiple reasons. It was sad that Chad had no expectations for Christmas because he's never really celebrated it and has never been and so important to anyone that they bought him a Christmas present. Like his own family never bought him anything. Then I don't know. And then so sad for Simone who obviously had really hoped for something from Chad and Oh, it was sad. Yeah. It was just sad. And, so, so she makes an excuse, heads off to church, and we are going to head off to a little break. Yep, time for a little break. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are back. <laughs> I, was, I didn't know it was going to be me. Yeah, well, I like to switch it up. Put me on the spot. I like to switch it up. Uh, we're back to talk more about passions. You should have known that. Yeah, well. But if you didn't, if you it's didn't, okay. Now you know. Yeah. So let's, we left off in the book cafe, right? Yeah. So 
we left with Simone. Let's l- turn the corner at the book cafe and see what's going on with Martin, Hank, and Sheridan. Right. Okay. So I don't think we talked and about Luis. this. I don't think we talked about this, but after Luis and Sheridan like free Martin from the grate around the pole, he gets up and he's looking for a warm place to lay low. So he naturally goes to the one place where everybody goes, <laughs> the book cafe. Correct. He goes to the book cafe to mm-hmm. lay low. He put, picks up a newspaper and he puts it up in front of his face. And then Louise is actually already there because he went to get like a cup of coffee to warm up because he was out looking for Santa. And then Sheridan and Hank are still on their little date and they come in and none of these people see Martin. We actually need to talk about Hank and Sheridan before they get to the book cafe. Okay. Let's do that. Let's rewind. I forgot. We need to rewind a little bit because Hank, after all the nonsense at the Christmas tree lighting, tells Sheridan that he has something that he wants to show her. And he takes her over to this random little corner and points out that there's mistletoe above them. And he gives her a big old kiss. Yeah, I didn't even write it down because I hated it so much. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I, I also hated it. But it's like, oh yeah, we do have to we do have to mention this because yeah. Luis, while out looking for Santa, sees them kissing under yeah. the mistletoe, and is obviously a little bit hurt by it. Not hurt, but jealous. Jealous. He's yeah. jealous. Yeah. Yeah. He he. It make well. It make it stirs feelings within him for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely doesn't like it. Yeah. But um, so after after their kiss, Sheridan tells Hank, you know, I, I do like you, but I don't want to give you the wrong idea. I'm not looking for anything serious right now. So she sets the record straight or tries to, but Hank, it falls on deaf ears. Hank will not listen to this woman. Yeah. He sucks. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. actually compares her to Luis. He's like, oh, you sound like my buddy Luis. You guys are like-minded. And she enjoys being compared to Luis because she has secret feelings for him. And um, he notices this, Hank does, and asks, do you have secret feelings for Luis? Which she denies. And then they go to the book cafe. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I did write that. I wrote all of that right here. I even I even marked it as where we should start. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, but you did a wonderful job. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Very good. You would have done a good job, too. <laughs> so, yeah, they all go to this book cafe. Uh, Luis is already there. Hank and Sheridan come in. Martin is there with a newspaper. Yeah, like an... I mean, he looks like an old film noir villain mm-hmm. with, like, the hat pulled low, the newspaper up old, over his face, legs crossed, like, very obviously trying to hide, but very conspicuous nonetheless. Yeah. So when Sheridan and Hank come into the book cafe, Hank goes to get them some coffee, Sheridan goes to get them a table, and she runs into Luis, and she sees him, and she says, oh, you should join us. And she yells across the the cafe at Hank to get a coffee for Luis. She's like, hey, Hank, get a coffee for Luis. And he goes, okay, Sheridan. So this tips off Martin that Sheridan and Luis are there. I think this is another one of those things. I don't know if you've seen this uh, meme going around, but what's one thing that if a poor person does it, it's considered classless, but if a rich person does it, it's considered okay. Mm -hmm. And one thing will be like speaking another language, uh, you Mm, know, where it's like if a poor person speaks another language, then, and then, but if a rich person does, oh my God, you know, French, you know, one of those, this is an example of it. If poor people shout across a fucking restaurant, they're, they're hillbillies. Yeah. But, but if rich people do it, it's acceptable. Yeah. Well, it was rude. It was rude. No. what is she, why is she yelling? But it was just a, yeah. you know, a plot device. So Martin knows that they're there, mm-hmm. you know? So he's like, he's sitting there with his newspaper over his face, shaking in his boots. 
I don't know why he just didn't get up and leave. I don't know. The, Maybe he wanted to get information. Like he wanted to sit in and listen to them. I guess. I don't know. I have no clue. Well, they sit at the table directly behind him. So, so he's well within earshot and here's everything that they talk about. Yep. And again, he could literally just get up and leave. But uh, Luis, they're sitting at the table and Luis asks that, ask Martin for sugar. But again, he can't see Martin's face. He doesn't know. It's like, hey, buddy, can you pass us the sugar? And Martin just ignores him. <laughs> he just sits there. He just sits there as if he can't hear. He doesn't hear. move. No, <laughs> he doesn't budge an inch. It's like me on the train when my earbuds are in. And like, if you are trying to talk to me, I can't hear you. And I don't, you don't exist to me. <laughs> I won't hear it. And, and I, I won't, won't respond, respond to it. it. Nope. And so Louise continues like, hey, buddy. Hey, hey. And finally, he just goes and gets sugar from the counter, I guess. Yeah, Sheridan just grabs it from the from the other table on the other side of oh, them. Oh, okay. I didn't know how they got sugar, but I know they ended up getting it and leaving that guy alone. And again, I was like, why, didn't, why doesn't this man just get up and leave? I don't know. They're behind him. Yeah. If he just did like a kind of a, a, a horseshoe loop kind of situation, yeah. he could keep his back to them the whole time. He really He's could. obviously never taking a stage class. <laughs> yeah. A staging class. Like that's literally just how you cross the stage. Yeah. yeah. So what else happens? Uh, basically, uh, Martin sits and hears this whole conversation and Hank and Louise talk about high school and how it's too bad Sheridan hadn't gone to school with them because then they could have hung out. The three of them would have been like the three musketeers, whatever. <laughs> and she gives off a little clue, though. She's like, well, I would have loved to attend Harmony High School, but there were reasons that I had to leave. And I wrote reasons like... Murder. <laughs> Murder most foul. And then somehow they ended up talking about Martin. Yep. And he overhears everything. Every single thing. Louise says, that man better stay away from Harmon if he knows what's good for him. And at this moment, Hank remembers that he needs to do Christmas shopping. On Christmas Eve. At night. Like 10 p.m. And so he he's like, I got to run. But he secures a date with Sheridan before leaving. Also, can we talk about the fact that y'all are on a date, you're going to leave your date to go Christmas shopping, leave this woman just stranded. Not that she's really stranded, because she was like, oh, don't worry, I'll get a cab, basically. But still, you're on a date. Right. I would Like, I would be highly offended. Yeah. Personally. So then Luis is like, oh, don't worry, I can take, I can drop you off at the Crane Mansion. I'm going, going over there. I'm going over there to pick up mama anyway for church. Right. Yeah. Yeah, why wouldn't he just ask Sheridan to come with him? Like, I know we're on a date, but I just remembered this. Like, do you want to come with me? Yeah. Or I can drop you off. Or I can drop you off. Yeah. Whatever. Hank sucks. Hank sucks. And I'm glad he's going to lose out. Yeah. So Martin finally takes this opportunity to escape Mm -hmm. and leaves. And uh, at this moment, Luis, again, sees him from behind. Is like, isn't that the same guy that we rescued from the grate? So he's, he's... He's in the periphery, but they haven't put together that it's Martin. But it doesn't matter because all of them are headed to the Crane Estate. Yep. Uh, Martin gets out and he's like, that was too close for comfort. I, I need to get my way, make my way to Julian Crane right now. And so he heads to the Crane Mansion. Luis and Sheridan, as we know, are heading to the Crane Mansion. And the Cranes are at the Crane Mansion. So everybody's going to the <laughs> Crane Mansion. And uh, yeah, something something's going to happen, I think. Yeah, something's going to happen. Because uh, let's talk about 
the Crane Mansion. That's where we're headed. Yep, we're going to the Crane Mansion, so let's go. Let's talk about what happens when Julian arrives, because he gets home and is freaking out because he spotted Martin while while leaving the, the tree lighting ceremony in his limo. He was sitting there waiting for Ivy and saw Martin from a distance, so he knows that Martin Fitzgerald is in Harmony and not Alaska. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, so he's in his library, right? And he's trying to figure out, like, what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> then Ivy comes in. And then Pilar's like, your guests have arrived. Because remember, these people are having a big Christmas Eve party. Yeah, the only reason that Ivy was able to invite the Russells and the Bennets is because Ethan and Gwen decided that they couldn't come. So they had an extra place setting. But having, they had... But she invited four people to replace two. Whatever. It doesn't matter because there's nobody else there. Nobody else. <laughs> the, I Like, literally, Sam, Grace, TC, and Eve arrived to this party, which apparently is happening in the library? In the study? What the fuck? For some reason? Why? I, I, and they're the only guests to this party. It is so This is weird. the lamest Christmas party. It's a oh. weird, lame, awkward, uncomfortable Christmas party. Yeah. I... I, I they couldn't hire background actors I and put it not. in the living room? I guess not. I don't know why this was like this. Because, yeah, I was thinking, oh, they're going to have a big party. There's going to be plenty of people there. But no, once again, it's just these six people. They did it when they uh, had the ballet. ballet. They yeah. had all those background actors. Like, why? They blew their budget. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> they blew their budget on the, just bo- like the, tree. On the Bolshoi. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's the saddest Christmas party ever in the library. And uh, it gets interrupted shortly because Pilar comes in saying that there's a phone call from Alistair. Mm-hmm. And she answers the phone, uh, picks up the phone, and uh, Julian's like, oh, I'll, I'll talk to father. And she's like, he doesn't want to talk to you. Mm. And he's like, well, who the devil does he want to talk to? And he's like, she, and Pilar's like, the Russells and the Bennets. Mm. And so then... Julian tells her to put him on speakerphone. Of course. You of know, course. That's what they do. It's his favorite way to talk to his father. Yeah. And so Alistair is talking to these people on speakerphone. These people he doesn't know, hasn't met. And immediately sends Pilar away. He's like, Pilar, go answer the door to, to receive the packages. And she's like, what are you talking about? There are no packages. And then the doorbell rings mm. ominously. So mm. she leaves and walks walks in with a hand, an armful of packages while Alistair is speaking to everyone. And he asks her to distribute the presents and says, I know about what happens in Harmony, both past and present. I feel left out not being able to attend the party, but here are my gifts for you. Yeah, and everyone is hesitant to open their gift, except for Grace. <laughs> Grace seems none the wiser. I don't know how she doesn't feel the tension hanging over the room because every single person in that room is horrified. It's, it's, I was horrified. It's it's really heavy. It's thick. It's ominous. Like it is that you could cut the tension with a knife. It was palpable. It was like clue, you know, the movie clue. That's what it felt like. Like they, we're in the middle of a murder mystery. Something horrible is about to happen. Somebody, at any moment now, the lights are going to go out and when the lights come back up, someone's going to have a knife in their fucking back. Absolutely. Yeah. But like without the shenanigans and the fun part of clue, clue is great. But this, this. Yeah, was like the, what's the word I'm looking, the foil of Clue. Yeah, so he's like, what are you all waiting for? Open your gifts. So they all start to open their gifts, and they all look very concerned. 
except for Grace, who just looks confused. <laughs> She's like, okay. So let's run down these presents. We must. Sam gets opens his gift first, and his gift is a picture of the Bennett family farm. And Alistair says to him, you must feel fortunate that the Cranes took that land off your family's hands and that you don't have to be a farmer, but instead you get to enjoy some authority as the police chief. Okay. TC receives a photo as well. It's a picture of his father serving as Alistair's caddy at the golf club from years ago. And Alistair says that TC took after his unassuming servile father and remarks that Whitney is ready to pick up where his career left off so unexpectedly. Horrible. And then Eve, (laughs) Eve's gift is two tickets to the Hotel Tropic in the Bahamas where she will be staying in the presidential suite. And Alistair asks her if she's ever been there and she says, it's far too expensive. How could I have ever been there? And Alistair says, yes, how could you have been there? Mm. And Julian looks awfully guilty at this point. Mm. It must be said. And then Grace has a picture. And I wrote, it's a picture of Henderson Falk. Is that the woman's name? What was her name? It was a drawing by Henderson Falk. Oh, okay. A, A drawing by Henderson Falk of a woman who was dying from a broken heart because her husband had been unfaithful. And Alistair says... You are the opposite of this picture because you have the perfect husband in Sam. Yeah, and that's why I knew this gift would be perfect for you. It's a stretch. It's a reach. Yeah. It was very weird. Everyone is extremely uncomfortable, minus Grace, who is oblivious. (laughs) Utterly oblivious. And at this point, Eve breaks the tension by requesting a much-needed drink. (laughs) She's like, "Uh, can I please have a drink? And Ivy snaps to is like yeah let's get out of here let's go to the living room and everyone let's let's get the party started mm-hmm. well left alone in the study julian hangs up with alistair right and then he immediately tries to get in touch with miller because at the end of alistair's call in front of everyone alistair asked julian if the package he sent to alaska has arrived and julian's like yeah i think so Ugh. <laughs> except he knows that the package i.e martin has not arrived in alaska yeah And uh, so after everybody leaves, he very quickly tries to call Miller, that goon of his, to get confirmation of Martin's whereabouts. Because when Julian saw Martin earlier, he, he got out of the car and he ran him down and he grabbed him, but the person he grabbed was not Martin. So Julian is not sure that he actually saw Martin in Harmony. That's the thing. He's not 100% sure that he saw Martin in Harmony. He thinks he may have, though. He saw Martin and then tracked down the wrong person. Yeah, because he's an idiot. Because he's a buffoon. Because he's a buffoon. Yeah. So he can't get a hold of Miller. He leaves a message, hangs up, and says, All I want for Christmas is these boring people out of my house. (laughs) As if Julian's so interesting. He thinks he's so interesting. And they're like, what's so interesting about you? You have money? You have money and you get drunk in the morning? Yeah. Me too. No. (laughs) Minus the money part. Yeah, me too. No, he's not interesting at all. No. Anyway, so Ivy comes back and is like, Julian, we have guests. Come out to the living room now. Yeah. She's like, what the fuck are you doing hiding in your library? Also, she looks a mess. She normally looks great, not this time around. A hot, hot mess. She was wearing like a red 
like fire engine red silk robe that had like flowers. It was like a floral print. And then, but it also had like a black um, fur collar and um, cuffs. And it was just ugly. And I think they were going for a Christmas thing, but it didn't look Christmassy to me. It just looked ugly. It looked like it came from Steinmark. <laughs> it did. It looked like it came from Steinmark. And it was kind of like a robe and then tied. And then underneath of it was like a gold shift yeah like a gold slip or something she I, that she looked a hot fucking mess she looked like she was ready to have four people come hang out in the library <laughs> yep <laughs> which is what she did yeah so i guess she dressed for the occasion she did and julian looks great in his tux yeah he does all men look good in tux all men look good in a tux yeah y'all look good in a tux mm-hmm. uh so back in the living room tc and sam are like fuming about the gifts that yeah. they got from Alistair. I mean, they are very upset. And Sam's like, oh, he really he is obviously just trying to make sure I stay in line and I, I or and tell me that I'll lose everything if I don't do the crane's bidding. And um TC's like, what was that shit about my father? He's such an ass. And then he was like, and then they both were like, well, at least he gave Nice presents to our wives. <laughs> Meanwhile, the wives are, you know, feeling completely differently. Eve confronts Julian. She's like, how does Alistair know about the presidential suite in the Bahamas? And then Grace says to Eve, I can't imagine knowing what it would feel like to find that my spouse was unfaithful. This picture is is difficult to look at. Yeah. And I should say Sam understands Grace's gift. Yeah. I should say that TC does not understand Eve's, but Sam understand Grace understands Grace's because he then asks Ivy, how the hell does Alistair know about our past together? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> how should I know? Yeah. So these, these men understand that there's a lot of hidden meaning behind the presence, although they don't necessarily understand what's going on with their, with Eve's mm-hmm. and TC goes to speak with her about the gift. And she says, I don't want to go to the Bahamas on Alistair's dime. And he says, I don't want to owe them anything either. So she tears those tickets up. Yeah. She's relieved because she, he, she asks him, do you want to go? And he's like, not with the cranes money. And she immediately tears up this. She's like, good. Yes. No, I agree. Yeah. And she's happy. And then she turns to him. She says, I love you, TC. I love you. And she's guilty. Yes, she is. And I want to know what's going on. Something between her and Julian. Yeah, because they hug. She hugs TC, but she locks eyes with Julian across the room mm-hmm. while she's hugging TC. So, yeah, definitely something going on with uh, Eve and Julian. Something with Eve and Julian. We have to talk mm-hmm. about the music that's playing during this scene. Oh, my God. The music that's playing at the Crane Mansion during all of the Christmas season. Yeah, for the past several episodes. And I have not brought it up because I, I keep making a note and then forgetting to write about it. They're playing only the orchestral accompaniment for one of Papageno's arias from the Magic Flute. Yeah. That's it. Wait, no, that's that's Masterpiece. No, that was Masterpiece Classic. It's just that. Yeah. And I didn't know, I was like, do they just think this is Christmassy? Is this Christmas music? I was like, why is this always playing at this house right now? Constantly. They also, there there was the duet that Pamina has with Papageno. They played that one time briefly. I think I missed it. But it, again, it was just the accompaniment. There was no vocal yeah, line. I I but I've, 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 done the sh- I've done the show twice, so yeah. I know it pretty well. Yeah. But yeah. 
They played this, the Papagena thing, a bunch. A bunch. A, a whole bunch. And it has no bearing whatsoever. Just, they, you know what? Opera companies do put it on a lot at Christmas. Yeah. I, yeah. It's a fun show for Christmas, I guess. I guess. Yeah. But magic and... Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's magic. It's I guess. It's the zeitgeist. I don't know. I, I would have expected more Nutcracker. Yeah. If you're going to go classical music, Christmas yes. music, Nutcracker Absolutely. is your choice. But, you know, for like... Maybe they were trying to... Maybe the music person also was just like, I want to put something in that nobody will know, understand or notice. Like, cause it, like we recognize it, and but I don't know if like a lot of other people would. Yeah. You know. Well, all of our listeners know now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was just, I, it was so out of place. It was like, this Papagano's aria. It was really weird. It's this fucking bird aria. It's this bird aria. <laughs> At one point, I thought they were playing a bit of the suicide aria too, which also I was like, "Wait a minute!" Like, I mean, he he, Papageno does not kill himself, but he gets pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> he's depressed. He you is. know what? We're not going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to do this. Actually, is your microphone on the magic flute right now? Yes, it is. It's on my score. <laughs> it's it's beta. Oh no, this is Figaro. This is oh, not okay. to do Figaro. I saw the Mozart and I wasn't sure. Yeah, but anyway, let's move on. We digress. <laughs> uh. Where the fuck were we? Okay, so we're at this horrible party, and across the room, Ivy is giving Sam eyes for days. She is staring this man up and down, Mm -hmm. and he notices and finally musters the courage to go speak with her about Alistair's quote-unquote present, and he says, I'm not going to let you or Alistair or Julian hurt my wife, and Ivy changes the conversation and finally pulls the truth out of Sam that he was also devastated when she left. Mm -hmm. It didn't just hurt her. It also hurt him. Yeah. And she says, uh, they have to feel, they have to deal with the past before it affects all of their lives. And so then she pulls him out into the hallway, like away from this quote party, the crowd of three, six people, six people you are again going to be noticed that it's going to be noticed that you aren't here in right. this room you will be missed ivy what was your plan i she, like she threw this did this whole thing so that she could get alone be alone with sam you should have invited more people although i guess she did she probably invited a ton of people but she only gave them 24 hours notice for a christmas eve party <laughs> nobody fucking showed I wouldn't have showed either. No. Hand deliver an invitation the day before. No. I'm not going. I'm got, busy. I got plans at church. Yeah. Or a gig. Actually, yeah. I have a gig. <laughs> yeah. No. So um, she pulls him out to the hallway. And what happens? Well, she says, I remember every moment we shared together. Nights making love on the beach. Full of passion and love. She says, we can recapture that passion and promise for the future. We can have it all. We can have it all. We can have everything we had before. No, you cannot. No, you can't, lady. You have four children. This man has three. You both have separate marriages. You can't have what you had before. Life has moved on. It's been 20 years. 20 years. You can't go back. But she uh, she plants one on him, and he kisses her back. Yeah, they kiss each other. Yeah. They mm-hmm. are kissing under the mistletoe yep. in this house. Five feet away from their prospective spouses. Yep. And then Grace rounds the corner and sees this scene. She sees it and I screamed. I yelled. I shouted. You heard me. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I screamed. I was like, no, Grace. Ah! I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> she sees it. And 
was so stupid. So this was the end of an episode. Like they left it on this cliffhanger. And when we came back to it in the following episode, everyone just brushed it off. Everyone just brushed it off like it wasn't a big deal that Sam and Ivy were making out and Grace caught them. Yeah, they're in the hallway. Ivy, uh, Sam finally like pulls away from Ivy after a long kiss. Not fast enough. Definitely not fast enough. He pulls away from her and he immediately sees Grace standing there and doesn't say anything. He's just like speechless. She's speechless. But Ivy goes, oh, Grace, you caught us. It's the mistletoe. And so that's how they... That's how they explain this away is that she was kissing him because he was under the mistletoe. Number one, if you're going to kiss, if, if we are in different relationships, we're not together and we're under the mistletoe one, we shouldn't kiss each other at all. Cause that's a stupid fucking thing. But the second thing, if you are going to do that, it should be like a quick peck or it's not, just our, a quick peck on the cheek. Yeah. Our tongues don't go down each other's throats. Nope. Nope. Ridiculous. Nope. Ridiculous. If you are going to do that. So like also, I wouldn't have even been able to let that go. Also but Grace just like. You're not beholden to kiss someone under the mistletoe. No. That is something that you you are placing your own beliefs on this inanimate object that doesn't really mean anything. And frankly, the tradition isn't real. Is that a real tradition that people follow? I I guess. I, always, I don't know. I always, you know I don't know shit about Christmas. I always, <laughs> I always just thought it was like this cute little tradition that people talk about, but no one actually does. I couldn't tell you. But these people act like it's real. Whatever. So, yeah, they explain it away. Grace goes on this story. Grace, of all people, is like, oh, yeah, we have mistletoe at the house, and Sam's always coming up behind me and giving me little little pecks and little kisses. And at our Christmas party a few years ago, he mistook Mrs. Crump for me and and kissed the teacher and just kind of laughed it off. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Grace? Yeah, she immediately accepts it immediately is like okay yeah that this makes sense and i guess maybe because her husband is so great that she but i don't know mm -mm, he was they were making out yeah no if i saw my boyfriend and we're not even married but if i saw my boyfriend kissing somebody else we would have a problem yeah i mistletoe or none i don't care how great you are yeah yeah we got we got big problems we not we might not break up but we are gonna have some real issues and mm. we're definitely not staying at this party any longer no it sucks anyway yeah <laughs> <laughs> trash party to be honest i am the party anyway yeah i'm taking the party with me <laughs> the party's going wherever i'm going yeah so yeah they whatever who cares i guess sam tells ivy not to pull a stunt like that again out out of earshot grace doesn't hear that mm. but everyone just moves on like nothing happened it was it was weird. Yep. So uh, Julian, at this point, goes back to his library, and uh, Alistair calls again. And Alistair tells Julian that if he doesn't start keeping better control of the family and the people in harmony, that he's going to make Ethan his sole beneficiary, right? And he, that, like, he's going to make him the sole beneficiary of the crane money and power, is what he says. And then... He asks what's going on with Martin Fitzgerald. And Julian says, Martin is halfway to Alaska by now. But Martin is peering through the window. And Julian sees him right at that moment. He's like, oh, my God, what the fuck? And then Alistair's like, what is it? And he's like, nothing. It's nothing. And he just hangs up on Alistair. <laughs> this was great. This was great. Julian hangs up on Alistair and runs out into the night to confront Martin just as Luis is dropping off Sheridan at the Crane Mansion and picking up his mother. So they're outside having a talk when when Julian, excuse me, when Luis spots someone 
uh, at a distance and chooses to go investigate. Yeah. We, he sees Martin. I'm pretty sure he sees Martin. I think he sees Martin. But by the time he gets up to them, he actually grabs Julian from behind and somehow misses Martin again. Yeah. Well, uh, Julian, when he, because when Julian went outside, he had like jacked Martin up. He was like, had him up by his lapels and was like, what are you doing here? Kind of thing. And you're not going to blackmail me, blah, blah, blah. But by the time, yeah, Luis gets over there, uh, Luis grabs Julian. This was a weird, I don't yeah. understand how it actually happened. Well, they didn't really show it to us. Yeah. What, what I, uh, basically, Luis interrupts Julian. Conf- his confrontation with Martin and somehow whether it be the darkness or like a tree branch or some, or maybe just his hatred and focus on the cranes. Like he does not see Martin. Yeah. I, I, it's, I don't know. I don't know. So then Luis asks him what he's doing out there. And he's like, first of all, this is my land and I can be wherever the fuck I want to be. But also I just dropped something out here and I came out here to get it. That's what I'm doing. So Luis accept this, accepts this and he and Sheridan fuck off and then Julian's like, Martin, Martin, where are you? And, but Martin doesn't come out of his hiding place. And so then Julian has to go back. Julian has a real mess on his fucking hands. <laughs> yes, <he does. laughs> Julian unravels. Julian, you cannot go on like this. No, no, you have come undone. Julian goes back into the party and uh, the party ends because all four guests decide to leave. <laughs> like they're like the party's over, let's go. So the part the four guests that they have leave and uh as after they leave, Pilar is startled by someone outside. She sees someone outside and she jumps, but it, uh, by the time Julian goes to the window, there's nobody there. They don't see anybody, but Martin is skulking around these oh, yeah. these grounds. Yeah, he's on the grounds. And uh, Julian grabs his gun mm-hmm. to go explore and see if he can find Mr. Martin Fitzgerald. Yep. So Julian go, gets her gun. Annie, get your gun. He gets his gun and gets <laughs> the fuck out of the house and goes Martin hunting. And then uh, Ivy. <laughs> you like that? Sorry, that really took me by surprise. Go Martin, Martin hunting. hunting. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ivy like thinks back on her kiss and she's ready to make some more fucking trouble. And so she like calls her a servant to bring her car around. She's like, I'm going out. Like I, obviously she's going to church. Right. She knows where they're going. She's going to follow them to church. Yeah. So she, she follows them to church and Julian tracks Martin down to lighthouse park. All right. So yeah, that, uh, Julian tracks down Martin at the park with his gun. We'll see what happens with that soon, I guess. And everybody else is at church. Julian's outside with a gun. The only people not at church are Julian and Tabitha and Timmy. The most (laughs) evil people in this town. And Martin. And Martin. But he doesn't really live here. Right. So, you know, this is not his home church. Yeah. Every single person, even Chad, goes to church. Even Chad who doesn't celebrate Christmas. Yeah. So let's go, let's go to church. Let's yeah. go to this Christmas midnight mass. Yeah. Father Lonigan is greeting everyone as they come into the church, and Reese makes note of how good he is at recognizing voices. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's important. I, th- I thought the same thing. I wrote it down because I don't know if this is important. It must be important. But here's the thing. Do you remember back to the grace and faith bullshit? I will never forget. <laughs> um, grace has lived in this town for like 20 fucking years. He didn't know who she was. He didn't recognize Faith, Faith's voice. I will never forget. Which was Grace's voice. 
I will never and forget. Now, and now all of a sudden he's so good at recognizing voices. Yeah. I, I thought maybe it would be important. I, I don't know. I'm, put, I'm pointing it out just in case maybe one day it will be. Yeah. It's I, an inconsistency and it made me angry. That is exactly why I put this note down. I was like, this must be important. Why mm-hmm. would they say it otherwise? But who knows? Anyway, Chad shows up and he gives Simone a gift. It's a CD. Yeah. He gives her something. It was so nice. It was so sweet. And then he's like, I'm going to leave now because, you know, I don't want your parents to be mad at me. And she's like, she convinces him to stay. And she's like, it's Christmas. They can't be mad at you for going to church. Which, good point. Good point. So they sit down and then Eve and TC show up and Eve immediately is mad. Yep. And TC's like, calm the fuck down. I'm, it's church. It, well, it was my fa- one of my favorite lines. He goes, sweet. I like TC. He goes, sweetheart, relax. It's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish, I, I wish he had said, relax. It's Christmas, Eve. Ah, <laughs> right. I should have wrote for this show. You should have written, written for, this, for show. this show. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's good. It's Relax. Christmas. It's Christmas Eve. <laughs> oh, it's so good. You yeah. fixed it. You fixed uh, it. Yeah. Um, Teresa uh, is sitting with Whitney, and she's pleased to see that Ethan has showed up wearing his scarf. And Ethan, knowing that Gwen is mad about Teresa, makes the choice to go sit directly behind Teresa. Yep. What the fuck is that about? Because he loves her. He loves her. He's just biding his time. I thought that was ridiculous. So Gwen and Teresa exchange a very steely Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Father Lonigan has chosen Charity to place the baby Jesus in the manger. And for some reason, Miguel is walking with her while she does this, which really was super annoying. Like, he is obsessed with her. He's obsessed. These Lopez Fitzgerald kids are obsessive, have obsessive personalities, and they need therapy. Yeah. Desperately. Yeah. And I mean, besides the fact that their father is either dead or um, has abandoned, b- abandoned them, them they, and uh, they have a brother who's gone and mm-hmm. has abandoned them. Besides that childhood trauma, they also are weirdly obsessed with different things. Like, Miguel is Fully obsessed with charity, completely and utterly. Yeah, and we know Teresa, lovable lunatic, obsessed is completely obsessed with Ethan. with Ethan. I would also say that Pilar is obsessed with the Cranes, as is Luis. She has she has taken them on as if they are a second family to her. Yeah, and she doesn't need to. She could just clock out. She could clock out. I would. Yeah. The, the rest of the servants do. Yeah. Apparently, I've never seen any of them except for Suzanne, who got fired. Who got fired. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I would say that Luis is obsessed with the cranes as well. Yeah, they're obsessed with the cranes in opposite ways. Right. Yeah. Pilar's trying to protect them, and Luis is trying to bring them down, yeah. bring them to their knees. Yeah, they yeah, all they, they need some help. They need some help. Uh, yeah, so th- this whole thing is happening with the baby and everything. Sheridan, Ivy shows up. Sheridan shows up. Okay, so Sheridan shows up with Luis. Oh, no, shows up and greets Luis. And Beth is sitting there with him, like, on the other side and gives Sheridan a real side eye. Yeah, we start to see a little little jealousy from Beth. We, we can see it. And I'm telling you right now, Beth does some crazy shit. Yeah, we haven't seen her for so many episodes. I kind of forgot about her. But now I'm like, oh, they're reminding us about Beth because she's about to be in this show. She's about to be in the show, for yeah. real. And um, Sheridan came to church just to see Louise. 
Like, oh yeah, yeah. She basically came to church just to see Louise. She was like, oh, they're going to church. Maybe I should go to church too. And then she has like a flashback of Louise. She like loves him. Yeah, she's into him. Yeah. Ivy shows up to lust after Sam in church. Yep. Yep. So while everyone's at church, outside, the angel comes. And like the angel that came to life on Tabitha's tree, that little girl, she comes and she like fixes the tree. She fit. She fixes the Christmas tree it, 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 at Lighthouse Park. Yeah, at Lighthouse Park that blew up and redecorates it and everything. And uh, here's my thing: Jesus doesn't give a fuck about Christmas trees. No, they're pagan. AF. They are a pagan symbol. Jesus does not give a fuck about your Christmas tree. As a matter of fact, it is an affront to Jesus. But you know what Jesus does care about? Angels? Christmas miracles. Oh yeah, it's a Christmas miracle. The, the a Christmas. A Christmas miracle where an angel fixed a Christmas tree. Fixed a fucking <laughs> pagan symbol. I love that pagan symbol. I think they're beautiful. I love them. We set up our pagan symbol and yeah. it looks great. Yeah. You know, I wasn't, a, we didn't have Christmas trees growing up. We didn't celebrate Christmas the way everybody else did. Mm. My, my parents would say it was a sacred Christmas. Ah, not a secular Christmas. Yeah, it was just a it was just a ploy so they wouldn't have to buy us Christmas presents. <laughs> like seriously, every year around every year around mid October, my parents just got really fucking religious. Every year, mine uh, stayed pretty religious cons- like consistently throughout the year. But we also we definitely celebrated Christmas. Yeah, no, they got really religious to the point where it's like we don't celebrate. We're not gonna celebrate Halloween. We're not going to do Christmas the way everybody else does. Like, we're just going to, like, pray and eat food. Were you allowed to read? You were allowed to read Harry Potter, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, again, my parents only got religious in different, like, random parts of the year. Well, I think the conviction wasn't there all the time. I ask because there are a lot of families that I know who are super religious. Yeah, and me too. didn't do Christmas, didn't do Halloween. Jesus ween. Have you heard about this? Instead of I Halloween. I never in my life <laughs> heard of Jesus ween. Instead of Halloween. That sounds like Jesus' dick. I know. That's what I, <laughs> when I first saw that, I was like, this can't be real. Because immediately I think Jesus is wiener. Yeah. Like, that's, that's fucked up. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. And then I know these families who... Um, because of their religious convictions, wouldn't let their children read Harry Potter because it was about witchcraft. Yeah, no, no, no. I know a lot of that. Yeah. My dad was hesitant about it, but like, what are you going to do? Yeah, because it's about good versus evil. Yeah. But yeah, I shouldn't have brought any of this up. That's okay. You can cut <laughs> it out if you don't Christmas want. Christmas is, I love Christmas the way, like I love everybody else's Christmas and I do celebrate it now. So yeah. just so everybody knows. All right, I do it my own way. I always told my, I told my mom when I turned like eighteen, I was like, I'm gonna celebrate Christmas and Halloween and Easter and all of the, all of the holidays the way that everybody else celebrates them. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're making your own traditions. Yeah, I make my own traditions there and I go. love them. All right, so everybody's at church and then there's a Christmas miracle and Yahoo and Yahoo, and then we, the day turns over. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure we move into. The 26th. I yeah. think they skip over Christmas Day. It's a little unclear to me, but it's either the 25th, it's either Christmas Day and Pilar is working, or it's the 26th and Pilar is working. Yeah, the only reason I think it's the the 26th is because when Pilar comes into work, Ivy asks her how her Christmas was. Yeah. That's the okay. only reason. Because the whole day, up until that point, I was like, oh, it must be Christmas Day. And then I was like, oh, no, I guess it's the day after Christmas, which would make sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. 
Okay, so let's talk about these people. Mm-hmm. You want to start with Teresa? I do. That's at the top of my list. Perfect. So, uh, you know, Teresa, Ethan, Gwen. Uh, we get back to the same old conversation. Ethan and Gwen are at the coffee shop, I think, at the book cafe. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're having that same conversation. You don't believe me. Teresa's after you, blah, blah, blah. And then Gwen gives back her Christmas gift. She says, I don't think it's right for me to keep this until everything is settled between us with Teresa. And then Gwen suggests that Teresa had something to do with the tree lighting. And she goes, she goes, I, I wouldn't put it past her. I, look, she made that tree explode so she wouldn't have to show us her boyfriend. And then she says, uh, I mean, look, after all, look at what her father did to your father. I hate Gwen. I hate her. She is starting to sound like evil Kay. When Kay was thinking Charity mm-hmm, did this and that, mm-hmm. th- that's what Gwen is starting to sound like. Yeah. Yeah. She, she lit the tree on fire and almost electrocuted her own brother to death. I mean, come on. That doesn't make sense. It makes zero sense. And Gwen is so stupid. So, but Ethan eventually makes Gwen concede that Teresa had nothing to do with the fire, at least, you know? Yeah. And But she's still mad, right? She's like, but this invisible boyfriend stuff has got to, you know, this is, she's making it all up. This isn't real. And, uh, yeah, and she, it, it, I don't know. Here's my thing. I don't understand how Teresa having a boyfriend would mean that she's not in love with Ethan. You can be in love with two people. You can have a boyfriend and be in love with somebody else. Yeah, you don't have to like the boyfriend. You can still have him. I'm not saying that's right or that most people would do that, but having a boyfriend doesn't exclusively mean that Teresa only cares about that person and doesn't have feelings for Ethan. At all. I mean, I love Trevor Noah and Jason Momoa. (laughs) I love them both. I love all of the Hollywood Chrises. All like 16 of them. Yeah, I don't love Chris Pratt. Oh, I love Chris Pratt. No. He's like super weird, religious, like conservative. Oh, uh-uh. no. Mm-hmm. And he like, he basically like divorced Anna Ferris because like she couldn't have a, another baby, I think. Are you serious? Yeah, like look it up. It's all, fu- it's re- all very fucked up. Well, I guess I don't love them all. You know what it is? I I watched a whole TikTok series about Chris pa- about Chris <laughs> Pratt. There was this guy who his whole like for like two weeks he was just like on a rant about Chris Pratt, and it was like a whole series. <laughs> you watched all of it, and I watched all of it. <laughs> so now you know a lot about Chris. Now Pratt. Now I know a lot about his bad qualities. Oh no, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, you can love more than one person or you can be in a relationship and be in love with somebody else. I mean, we're learning that on Grey's Anatomy. We're learning that on, on Ivy's anatomy. Yeah. She's, she is married to Julian and loves Sam. Yep. Exactly. So, which yeah, Teresa and Ivy are a lot alike. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, um, basically Gwen says, you know, we've been, we've both put 10 years into this relationship. We don't want to give that all up, but I, uh, this whole thing doesn't wash with me. I need to know the truth. I need to know that you are not this mystery man that Teresa's in love with. And Ethan says, look, I think you're being ridiculous, but I will urge her to produce a guy. Yeah. That's what he says, to produce a guy. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, so they leave this book cafe, and Ethan tells Gwen, he's like, you know what? I think I have the perfect way to get Teresa to show her boyfriend to us. I'm going to invite them to join us for New Year's Eve. It's the one day of the year that every couple goes out together on. What about Valentine's Day? Yeah, what about Valentine's Day? What about Valentine's Day? New Year's Eve? 
know. I never thought about like going on a date on New Year's Eve. Yeah. I know you're supposed to like kiss somebody at midnight, but I like never do. <laughs> uh, I used to, I mean, when I was with my ex, it was like every, his birthday was the January oh, 1st. Right, and right. so like his family always has like a, they always have a party on New Year's Eve and kind of call it his birthday party, but it's not. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> No, my ex was also a musician, and he w- he always had a New Year's Eve gig. Mm. You know, as a sing as a as an opera singer, I usually didn't, but he played jazz, so he was yeah. always playing. Oh yeah, always playing a, a late night gig. Yeah, so I so yeah for like six years, I always had somebody to kiss, and then before that, I didn't, and then for the next like forty five years, I won't. I'll kiss you. Don't. <laughs> I, I'll pass. I don't want these. <laughs> I don't want these. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so he's got this cockamamie scheme to invite Teresa and her boyfriend to spend New Year's Eve with him and Gwen. That sounds about as fun as a Christmas party in Julian's library. (laughs) They both sound equally devastatingly horrible. Horrible. Ugh. So, uh, then Teresa, where are these girls? Winnie and Teresa are hanging out in Teresa's room recapping. Ah, okay. So I'm not going to spend any time with it because they've done this so much. Well. But I, sh- I will say that Whitney tells Teresa, Gwen Hotchkiss is never going away. And I, eventually Ethan's going to figure out the truth. And I, it's going to look like you manipulated the whole thing. Yeah, I have that. But I also want to say, like, Teresa says lots of predictably crazy things. But I think the craziest thing was that she says to Whitney, Whitney, I touched that scarf, and now that scarf is touching Ethan, and it's like my arms are around his neck. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, strangling him. <laughs> what, bitch? <laughs> what? Your arms are around his neck, strangling She's that man. out of her mind. And then, yeah, Whitney says all those things that you said and tries to reason with her and whatever. Yeah. They're, she's, she is a lunatic, this yeah. one. So then she, Teresa and Whitney both go to the book cafe where Gwen and Ethan have just left. And Beth tells them. She's like, yeah, this nightmare couple just left. I'm so glad to see you and not have to deal with them and listen to their weird argument anymore. <laughs> yeah. And she explains that, like, she the girl gave back her Christmas gift. And, you know, she's like, that that relationship is basically over. It's circling the drain. And then she says, you know, it goes to show that money can't buy you happiness. And Teresa's like, well, what, what do you mean? And she's like, oh, well, it was Ethan Crane and his girlfriend, that Deb Gwynn. And Teresa is thrilled at this news. She's like, oh, my God, it's happening. It's over. They're done. It's finally my moment. Fate is on my side. And she decides that it's the right time to ask him out. The perfect. She thinks it's the perfect time to ask out Ethan, who has just broken up with his girlfriend of 10 years. Oh, yeah, a great time. Great I'm time. sure he'll be in a great mood. He definitely wants to go on a date with you. Yeah, so she wants to ask him out for New Year's Eve. So then... Ethan comes back to the book cafe alone. Why is he there? Sans Gwen. Where is she? How did he know Teresa was there? How does he know Teresa's in the book cafe? He came to talk to Teresa. How does he know she's there? I have the same question. Is he tracking her? Mm. Mm. A dual tracking system. Mm -hmm. They're both really obsessed with each other. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. Anyway, he comes back to the book cafe without Gwen, noticeably. And then he asks Teresa... Are you busy for New Year's Eve? And she's like, um, well, I was really hoping my boyfriend would ask me out or the guy I like would ask me out. And he's like, he hasn't asked you yet. And she's like, no, not yet. But, um, I, you know, I think he just got out of something 
that was blocking him from being able to ask me. And then Ethan says, well, how would you like to spend New Year's Eve with me? And she agrees because it sounds exactly like what she's been dreaming of for years. And he says, perfect. You and your boyfriend will join me and Gwen for dinner at the Seaside Restaurant. The Seascapes Restaurant. Oh, sorry. The I, well, I only, and I only say that because I think we're going to find a, get ourselves a new location. Oh, my God. The Seascapes this Restaurant. The Seascapes Restaurant. And her face, I, I laughed, <laughs> to be honest. Her and Whitney both, their faces just drop. It was very funny. Yeah, it was. And... Uh, I I can't wait to see where this goes. You know, Teresa keeps interchanging the words and misunderstanding the definition for like a crush, a boyfriend, the person you like. Like she's she you know, Ethan keeps referring to this person as her boyfriend and she is allowing him to talk about this guy that way, but it's not her boyfriend. She's not dating him. They're not in a relationship. Well, and they go back, the language goes back and forth. Right, and that makes it confusing. Yeah, the language goes back and forth. Uh, all right, so that's all for them right now, right? Yeah, that's it. Can we talk about Grace and Sam? Let's talk about go Grace. Go to the Bennett home? Yeah, let's do that. So Grace and Sam are in bed, sleeping, and Grace is having a very bad dream, remembering seeing Ivy making out with her husband. And she's going, Sam, Ivy, no, kissing, no. And this wakes Sam up, so he wakes her up, and then he reassures her that that kiss was nothing, there's nothing going on between him and uh, Ivy. And then he says, you know, I don't think we should go back to any more crane parties and or go back to the crane mansion, basically. And she says, why? Is it the crane mansion or is it Ivy Crane you're afraid of? And he doesn't take this well, but she claims to only be joking. I She's wouldn't like, be joking. Oh, I'm only joking. I'm teasing. And she says she would never seriously worry about something between Sam and Ivy. And I don't understand why. Me why she thinks this way. I would be very threatened by beautiful, rich Ivy Crane. Yes. Yeah. And if I was married to that man, I would think, I mean, I couldn't possibly be married to a man that good looking. Couldn't do it. I would constantly be thinking, this man can do so much better. Why is he with me? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> You'd be like, why is he stooped to this why, level? Why are you with me? <laughs> I don't understand that. When I'm on dating apps, I'm like, no. Like, I'll, I'll be, I'll, a guy will like me and then I'll look at his profile. I was like, you're too great. No, thank you. <laughs> you are too handsome, sir. No, thanks. And then they're always like, very active. They're like, yeah, I, I go snowboarding and I'm, I do yoga and I surf. What do you want with me? <laughs> the only surfing I do is the couch kind. <laughs> what do you want with me? No, thank you. Swipe oh. left. <laughs> so yeah, no, if I had a man like Sam and by uh, against all odds had landed a man like Sam, I would be constantly worried. Yeah. Anxiety. And no, I can't do it. No. So uh, she does tell Sam, we do not need to go back. Don't worry. I just need my husband, my family, and my dear friends. Yep. Because Grace. Grace is sweet. Grace is sweet, but Grace is starting to get on my nerves a little bit here. Yep. Yeah. Well. She's starting to annoy me a little. Well, I, I'm going to withhold. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to mm -hmm. withhold what I want to say. Yep. Because uh, you did seem to like Grace so much. And Grace I is did. fine. I liked Grace so much, but I might be changing my tune. Grace is fine, but she she is very charity in some ways. That's what I was going to say. Mm -hmm. She's starting to remind me of charity. Yeah. 
So let's then go over to the crane mansion. Yeah, let's talk about what's going on with Julian. Julian has snapped. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Julian yes, 100%. has lost his beanbag mind. Yes. <laughs> and he, he has kidnapped Martin Fitzgerald at gunpoint and is holding the man against his will in the basement of his home, I think. I don't know if it's the mansion or some other crane building. Yeah. He's kidnapped Martin. No, it's definitely the mansion. He's kidnapped Martin Fitzgerald. It's 100% the mansion. He has Martin Fitzgerald in the basement of the mansion. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wild, Julian. It's crazy. He comes, he, he kicks in some breakfast for him, and he's got his gun drawn, and he's like, here's some breakfast for you. And then he pretends that he's calling Luis, and he's like, I'm going to call, call Luis to come and collect his papa, Sita. Ugh. 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 But, of course, Julian is bluffing. Yeah. And he tells him, listen, you have, uh, Julian says to Martin, you have no options and you should be grateful that you are locked up here and you're going to be down here for a while. Yeah. He says, you're lucky that I found you and not someone else because if Pilar had spotted you, she would have called Luis and then the police would be involved. Like, you're out of options now. So, like, just stay put until I figure something out. Yep. And so then he uh, leaves him down there, goes back upstairs, calls his daddy. Tells him that he has Martin locked in the basement and no one will ever find him. Meanwhile, Pilar is down in the basement <laughs> about to unlock that door. Yeah. Julian botches every fucking thing. He's such a buffoon. He's such a buffoon. Yeah. Pilar uh, is working at the mansion, speaks briefly with Ivy to do some recap, I think. Mm-hmm. And I will say Pilar says spending time with Sam is going to cause nothing but trouble. And that just made me think trouble. Right here in River City. City. With the capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. pool. That stands for pool. But anyway, <laughs> little little music man moment. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this is when the excuse comes up that Pilar needs to put away the handyman's tools because he left them out. So she's like, I'm going to run down to the basement. Yeah. And Ivy refuses to give up on Sam and has decided that she wants to like have another party. So Julian comes back upstairs from the basement or from wherever he was talking to Alistair, whatever. He comes back to the living room gleeful actually he's like in a good mood which is weird because you have a person trapped in your basement he has he has come unhinged he has become undone he is undone like i said he lost his beanbag mind so uh julian comes back and ivy tells him that she wants to change her new year's eve benefit ball she was gonna throw a ball sure she was sure she was Hmm. like i don't believe it for a second at this point because this was supposed to be a big Christmas Eve party, and there was only four other guests. The only six, there were two successful events that I saw. One was the carnival. Mm-hmm. The other was the police benefit. And Grace and TC organized both, even <laughs> though Ivy was supposed to. Yeah. So bullshit was Ivy ever going to throw a ball. Yeah. She passes the buck. All these cranes do is pass their work off onto somebody else and then laugh about it <laughs> and say that, oh, look at those suckers who did the work I was supposed to do. Yeah. So she says that she wants to change her New Year's Eve benefit ball to a later date so that she can have a smaller affair for New Year's. And he asks her what her interest is in the Russells and the Bennets because he basically, he realizes that she just wants to invite the Russells and the Bennets to another party. He asks her, what is your interest in these people? And she's like, they're nice people. He's like, whatever. Just don't have it in my house. (laughs) Yep. Invite the entire middle class if you want. Just don't have them populate my living room. Yeah. And so Ivy decides she's going to have the party somewhere else, maybe the country club or a restaurant. And, uh, 
Then she calls. She calls her friend Millicent, I think was the friend's name, and basically says, I can't have my name attached to this. It can't be at my house. I need you, again, passing the buck. She's like, can you please organize this party? Um, We're going to say it's for Dr. Russell, and we'll say that the hospital league is putting it together. So that way I'm distanced from it. Yeah, and please make sure that I am seated at the Russells and the Bennetts table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So <sighs> Ivy is on some shit again. Well, because Ivy also knew that they were after last night, Sam was not going to come back to the mansion. Of course. She knew it. Yeah, the, so only, had- the only way she can spend time with him is through a very secretive agenda. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's move on. Let's finish up. We're almost done here. Let's uh, talk about... Let's talk about... Pilar at home. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about Pilar. The, the Sheridan and Louise. And then Sheridan and Louise, yeah. yeah. So, so Pilar is at home, and she has wrapped Christmas presents uh, that are still sitting out. And Louise says, why are these still wrapped? What are these? And she says, well, they're for Antonio and, and for your father. And it was so sad. She's like, you know, I really thought this would be the year that they would be here for Christmas. It's I, it's just sad. She again tells Luis he's wrong about his father, um, and Luis gets really upset about this whole thing, and it's, I don't know. Yeah, so she then goes out to work. So this all happens before she goes to the mansion yeah. and goes down into the basement to find Martin. Um, but then Luis says that he's going to go out and chop some wood. So he goes outside in the middle of New England winter in a tank top. That's exactly what I said. Luis takes off his sweater and goes out into the New England snow with nary but an undershirt. In a tank top, this idiot. <laughs> and Sheridan is standing outside trying to muster up the, the courage to knock on the door because she wants to talk to Louise. She wants to fuck Louise. So badly. <laughs> That's what she wants to do. I mean, her subconscious already told us she wanted to fuck Louise. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. like, make love make to me. Make love to me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so she's standing out there and Louise comes out in his little tank top and he's like, oh, you must be here to talk to mama. She just left. You just missed her. Um, and she's like, no, actually, I came to talk to you. And so he invites her inside and uh, gives, she gives him a gift. I loved this. I thought this was so sweet. She gives him a gift and it's a bunch of slides of photos that she took when she was in Spain because he had mentioned he always wanted to go one day but hadn't been able to to visit. So here's my question. Are we saying that Spain is the old country? No. 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 Here's and here's the only reason I'm gonna say the answer is no. It, it, all they said is that Luis always wanted to go to Spain. Um, also, he, uh, I'm almost certain Paloma is in Mexico, and I'm almost certain that eventually it comes up that they are Mexican, but it takes forever. So I don't think they're saying that um, they are from Spain. I think, and this is gross, but I think. The writers of this show, for some odd reason, think that all Spanish-speaking people think of Spain as, like, their mother country, right? Like, that that's the, the thread that binds them all together. So it's, like, the language. They all speak Spanish, so Spain <laughs> is the mother country for oh all Spanish-speaking people, even though... Um, their heritage is not Spanish. Yeah. That, I think that's what this is. You know what? That would make sense that they would 
draw those incorrect yeah. conclusions. Because I am almost one. And somebody else had said that, that they're, yeah. they're, they're Mexican. And I'm almost 100% certain that that comes up much, much later. Gotcha. Yeah. There's some really, like, racist things that kind of happen with Teresa specifically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there's some racist shit that's going on right now. Yeah. So. Oh, my God. It was only 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was only 20 years ago. We so, have to do better. Come on, do. white people. We got to do better. Yeah. And also, I feel like people, especially back then, seemed to think that Mexican was a bad word. It's like calling yeah. somebody Mexican was a bad word. It's like, it's nothing wrong with calling someone Mexican as long as they are actually Mexican. Right, right. Like, people are proud of their heritage if you get it right. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with with acknowledging someone's culture as long as you acknowledge that it's their culture and their heritage and don't, like, appropriate it or yeah. make fun of it or mislabel people as a, as a way to insult or offend mm-hmm. them. Exactly. Calling all Latinx people or all Hispanic people Mexicans is offensive. Right. But calling Mexicans Mexicans is not. No, it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. All right. So anyway, uh, Luis is in this tank top and he's sexy. Yeah, and, and Sheridan knows it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so she gives him these slides. Here was my thing. Do they have a slide machine? How many people you know have a slide machine? I'll bet Sheridan does. Maybe he can come by the mansion and <laughs> they can look, look at some slides it was all together. Part, it was all part of her plan. I'm going to give him slides instead of actual pictures so he has to come over. <laughs> I'm sure he's too poor to have a slide machine. <laughs> Maybe. She's playing the long game, that one. <laughs> yeah, they so then they kind of like look at these slides in the light, like they hold them up to the light, and she's talking about it. And Louise is like struck by Sheridan's beauty. Yeah, he's like gazing at her as she's looking at the slides. Yeah, it was cute. I loved it. He he says to her, "I love the idea of seeing Spain through your eyes." She's like, "Yeah, these are the places that I love best. They're often left off the guidebooks, but I thought you would enjoy seeing them." And she thanks him. Because he is the person who has made Harmony feel like a home to her. And it's the biggest gift anyone had ever given her. Yeah. It's so sweet. And there's a lot of sexual tension between these two people. And I love it. Major chemistry. I love these two. I love these two. I want them to get together so badly. I want them to get together now. Now. I know. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. They love each other. It's amazing. Shuis for life. Mm -hmm. And... They unfortunately are interrupted and Sam is calling Luis and so Sheridan leaves and on her way out, she closes the door and says, and shakes her head, shakes her head and says, foolish, don't be foolish. Oh, she loves him. She loves him. So then um, on the phone, Sam tells Luis that Martin was tracked headed toward New England and Luis is like, you don't think he's coming to Harmony, do you? He'd never show his face here, would he? Well, if he does, I'm going to find him. Boy, he has been in within a foot of you for, like, hours. <laughs> like, he, they came so... You touched him. <laughs> yeah, right. And then and then you jacked up the man who had cornered him. <laughs> yeah, you've talked to him, like, three on three separate occasions at this point. In the, Harmony. The Harmony Police Department is lacking. Terrible. Sam and Luis are not very good at their jobs. No. <laughs> Especially Luis. Yeah. <laughs> I get why he's not detective yet. Yeah. All right. So the last thing we need to talk about is Tabitha. Yes. Timmy and Tabitha. This was amazing. They're finally throwing out those heinous Christmas decorations. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and Tabitha laments her tree lighting failure. She's like, it was a failure. I'm a failure. And she's like, you know what? I'm just going to take a rest, take some time before I try to kill Charity again. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I'm, before, I try, before trying to rid the world of Charity again, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to... A mental health. I need a little mental health day. Yeah. I need some self-care. I love that Timmy was like, ooh, we should take a little vacation. Maybe go to Hollywood. And Tabitha's like, I've already made it as evil as possible. My work in Hollywood <laughs> is done. Yeah. Let's just stay here. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to read the read the paper, read a book. How about you go make us some more Timmy's? And um, while they're talking, Timmy's like looking through one of Tabitha's like ancient books. A tome, yeah. if you will. Yeah, and he notices that this book has a lot of blank pages in the back of it. He's like, Tabitha, did you know this book doesn't have anything written in it? <laughs> <laughs> and then Tabitha just blows him off. She's like, just go make the Martimis. So he goes to make the Martimis, and when he leaves, that book starts to turn its own pages. Yes, it does. And... Just as Timmy comes back to the living room carrying his little tray of Martimmies, he sees that the book is acting up. Mm-hmm. And he spills his Martimmies on the book, and the book bursts into flames and starts to write in, in script, and it says, someone in harmony is going to die. Tabitha is stoked. Yeah. She loves this. She's like, Fantastic. And uh, she's like, so much for my rest. Yeah. No like, rest for the wicked. We're back at it. Yeah. And Timmy is curious. Who's going to die? Who's going to die, Tabitha? Who is going to die? Let's speculate. Okay. Well, she obviously wants it to be charity, but it's not. It's probably Martin. Oh, yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. It's probably Martin. Someone We're unimportant. Just, yeah. Kill off somebody unimportant. Yeah. 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 It's Martin. Yeah. They're going to kill him because he's, all, he's also not the actual Martin Fitzgerald. Right. Which I know we don't technically know, but like we figured it out at this point. Yeah. So yeah, they're gonna kill Martin. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. So now I believe we have some listener mail. We sure do. Uh, so I was chatting a little bit with a fellow named Stephen, who I think is Canadian because he spells favorite with a U. I love the Canadians. I do too. I they're they're a big part of our international following. I know we have an international have, following, which is insane. I'm laughing at it because it's preposterous to me that anyone listens to this podcast, let alone people outside of our country. But let, they do. let alone people outside of my mom. <laughs> right? My mom hasn't even heard it. <laughs> my mom listened to one episode. I think she listened to half of the first episode, and the first episode is like 19 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness! So so this is from Stephen. He sent a picture and said, thought you'd appreciate this. We're almost caught up to you folks and have been keeping track of the days. And he, he said that he and his boyfriend have been watching Passions and they're keeping track of how long each day is in Passions. It's amazing. Uh, thank you for doing the work that we just didn't do. The Lord's work. The Lord, the, the devil's work. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love Tabitha. No, this is, uh, this is epic. So we have spent uh, 13 days total in Harmony. The longest day, episodes 33 to 53, was day five. 21 episodes were spent. 21 episodes spent on the fire. That I was the fire. It, it felt longer. Isn't that, that's crazy. And then he says the week average is 11 days. But I think some of that is just thrown off because of how long those early episodes were. So then um, Stephen goes on to say, I started watching just as it was ending. My mom always watched it, but I got invested in early 2007 when I was 10. 
Then Canada aired reruns of the first four years when it ended, so I got to race home from school and watch Old Passions. So I love that. I feel like that's a typical story. Everyone's like trying to skip school and running mm-hmm. home from school to watch. Watch Passions. And then he said that his mother's favorite character was Charity. Boo. <laughs> Boo. And then sent like a, an emoji of like, oh my God. Yeah, I feel like moms like Charity. I feel like moms would love fucking Charity. I guess. Because she's nice. She's nice enough. Yeah, my mom would hate Charity. My mom would love Charity. <laughs> my mom would hate Charity. My mom would love her. She'd think that it's sweet that she broke into a person's house and uh, vandalized it. My mom would think she was so boring. Yeah. Well, she is. She, <laughs> she is milk toast. Mom would not want to have a conversation with her. Could you? It'd be like talking <laughs> to a wall. Yeah. Is that all? That, yeah. Stephen? Yeah. That's it. So thank you, Stephen, for writing in. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks for following the show. Yeah, we appreciate the support. All right, so we have another email from Bridget Buttery, who actually sent her sent hers in on the website. So thank you, Bridget, for using the website. Yeah, it's amazing. She says, "Hi, Laura and Latara. Let me just start by saying that finding your podcast has made some of the worst times of my life much brighter." Oh, I love this email. I'm gonna cry. I know. She says, I know everyone is struggling right now, but you two have been the ray of sunshine that has broken through the constant clouds that seem to be hanging over my head. I've only been listening for about three weeks, but I'm up to episode 40 of the podcast. Dang, girl. And then that's a lot. Yeah. I love it. That's hardcore. She goes, I wanted to write in and tell you a funny passion story that I have. When I was about 12, I was obsessed with passions, so much so that I named my pet hamster Mackenzie Sheridan, a mashup of <laughs> Mackenzie Westmore, who plays Sheridan, and my favorite bougie bitch character. <laughs> I love it. I would even fake sick so that I could stay home from school and watch passions. It aired at 10 a.m. on my local station. Now for the most funny slash embarrassing passion story to date. Do y'all remember when LimeWire was a thing? Girl, yes. I, I used downloaded it. so many songs from LimeWire. So many viruses. So many viruses. <laughs> so many viruses. So many bullshit things where I thought I was downloading like a Nelly song and then it was just like radio static. <laughs> And I spent like an hour doing it. Or it would be, or it would be the song, but there's also somebody in the background going, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Station 97. Yes. Yeah. You're listening to WXKR. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. So she says, do y'all remember when LimeWire was a thing? <clears throat> well, it wasn't just for music. You could download photos and stuff. I was trying to download music from the show and came across some pics of Sam Bennett's photo shoot he did for Playgirl. Didn't know this was a thing. I love that she has tipped us off. (laughs) You should know that I have already found those pictures. (laughs) I didn't. I have to find them. I haven't looked. Uh, She says, I downloaded them all because Sam was my crush from the show. They weren't risque, and I don't know what I was expecting as a 12-slash-13-year-old girl, but it was just Sam in his underwear with his shirt off, (laughs) which is great. Yeah. Great. I hastily deleted the photos so my family wouldn't see them when they got into our shared Dell desktop computer. <laughs> but, what, but what I could not delete was the 10,000 viruses I downloaded along with the Sam Bennett sexy, sexy underwear pics. I ruined my family's computer to see Sam Bennett in his tidy whities <laughs> Luckily for me, my parents were ignorant to what had happened and just thought that hackers had gotten us. <laughs> Night... <laughs> 
19 years later, this is me confessing like y'all are Father Lonigan. <laughs> Had I never found this podcast, I would have taken my sexy Sam Bennett secret to the grave. I hope I made y'all smile with this story. Oh, yes, you did. I have tears rolling down my cheeks. I'm laughing so hard. You all have made me smile more than you know. Thank you for being, uh, thank you for bringing happiness into my life. P.S. Go Google Sam's Playgirl pics. They are hysterical. Much love, Bridget. Oh, love you, Bridget. Thank Bridget, you so much. That email made me cry at the beginning because it, it truly touched me so much and cry at the end because I was laughing so hard. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. I the, love it. This is great. It had everything. The perfect email. It had everything. <laughs> so thank you, Bridget. Also, thank you, Bridget, for following the TikTok. I saw that you follow my TikTok, and I love it. Yeah. Because I don't do. I'm trying to do better, but yeah, it's hard. It hard. It hard. But um, but you can follow us on TikTok. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. We are at Passions Podcast. Please submit your own email, your own passion story. Uh, I, I love hearing these stories. So please send us an email at passionspodcast at gmail.com or you can go through the website and contact us that way as well. Perfect. Also, just a reminder, we said it at the top of the show. We're going to say it at the bottom too. We will be back for new episodes January 18th. So enjoy your holiday and yeah. your new year. Yes. Happy holidays. Happy new year. And we'll see you in 2021. Yeah. Bye. Oh, we have to sing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I keep forgetting. Okay. Here we go. I don't know if I can do this. Here we go. I'm not going to look at you. You are my passion for... <laughs> I knew I couldn't do it. No, 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 no. Okay. We can do it. We can do it. Here we go. Okay. You are my passion for life.